What up, everybody? Hey, episode 99. This is the last of the double-digit episodes. Isn't that oh, crazy? You know what? I didn't even think about that. That's a good point. We should have had like after a farewell this, it's three, thing. It's three figures and up after this. That's it. Three and up. And then four. Three and up. Oof. 99, a great year for blading. I was actually just <laughs> with Miguel, Joe, because they're in Long Beach. Joe uh-huh. Atkinson's Miguel. And we were watching the 1999 Gravity Games. Oh. Providence, uh, Rhode Island. Who won yeah. that one? Um, Is that the one that, that Sean one... Robertson won? Well, we were watching the vert. Oh. And on the vert, I think it was uh, Ty Chris. Mm. That's what Heck I... of a run. Yo, watching vert back then is sick, right? It's insane. We we did that in uh, Puerto Rico, I think. Like me, John Ortiz, and JP, we like were or in, maybe FDL was there. FDL was there too. And we were just watching like mm-hmm. 2000s X Games vert finals or like whatever ASA vert finals that was going on. And we were just completely blown away by how crazy the level of skating is back or was back then. It still is on vert, I guess, but you just don't see it like you used to. It's insane. We, we, we watched them. Also, type if you're watching this, please come on the show. We would love to have Tigers. you on the show. Yeah. But right, if you're watching this not live, uh, like stop this, go to YouTube, watch Ty Chris show reel. It's insane. It's crazy. It's mm. so crazy. Is it all skating? But uh, Ty, no, that's the thing. It's <laughs> okay. like it's like half skating and half all this other crazy stuff. It's so ins- He did Dancing with the Stars. He did like a TED Talk. He's done all these Damn. crazy things. It's insane. Yeah, he's done a lot but, um, of shit. Yeah. So enough about Ty, Chris. We have an insanely <laughs> special guest. I've been wanting to have this guy on for a long time. Um, so really stoked to have Tim on the show today. But first... If you are new to the show, please uh, go to our Facebook, give us a like, go to our Instagram, give us a follow, go to our YouTube page, hit the subscribe uh, button and the notification bell. So when we have a show, you get notified. Uh, please comment, like, you know, share, subscribe, all that stuff. Uh, we have an iTunes, give us a five-star rating and a review. That helps us a lot. And we also have a Patreon. You can be a Patreon for as little as $1 a month. This episode, when we get to episode 100, we're switching it to probably $2. There we so, go. I like that one. That was, that was a good uh, point to switch it up. We needed a, like a deadline yeah. of some sort. We wouldn't stick to this deadline. Yeah, so yeah we got to do it. Good. Yeah, so it's, it's a dollar a month. Uh, you, can get, you can check out all this. We watch sections with our guests. We go through old sections. We do uh, trick tips. We call those inside outs. We have three pieces, and so it's special, exclusive content just for our patrons, and you can be a patron for as little as a dollar a month. So that is the spiel for today. Thank you for and, your spiel, uh, Billy. Yeah. Everybody give him a round of applause. As usual, holding down the spiel, always does a great job. And now my time to butcher some names, because there's some tough ones this week. We have a bunch of new Patreon supporters. Uh-oh. Yeah, I know. Let me... Uh... <clears throat> it's everyone's favorite time of the show. <laughs> no, please don't. <laughs> Hopefully you skip through this no. part. Uh, big shout-out to Douglas... Holmgren, Hella Fat, <clears throat> Jonathan Torbio, Zach Hutchings, Iwona Mraz, and Kenny Humphreys. Thank you all so much, new Patreon supporters. I also wanted to give an extra special shout out to uh, Chris Deister, who right before the show just PayPal'd us a very generous donation, which I was trying to tell you, Billy, before, but uh, you, we lost you for a second. So I'll tell you about it later. <laughs> oh, nice. Big, big special shout out to Chris, Chris Deister. Um, coming through with the extra donation so we definitely appreciate it and we'll put it to a good cause to make the show better for everybody and you know give you guys this more content maybe put some more patreon content out for all our patreon supporters so thank you all very much 
Very cool. Very, very cool. Also, we have uh, a lovely sponsor. We do. Blank uh, by Rollerblade. They've been a tremendous support, and they have sponsored us for the year. So we have a ton of cool new commercials with them, and they got a ton of cool stuff coming up this year. Great team. Um, we did a DEI episode with them. If you haven't seen that, check that out. And uh, yeah, Blank by Rollerblade. Check it out. That was your boy, Tony Woodland, right there. If you haven't already, check out his episode. We did his, uh, a podcast with Tony uh, a couple episodes back. I don't remember the exact number, but definitely check that out. And thank you again to Blank by Rollerblade. Everyone go check them out. Give them a follow on Instagram. The link is in the YouTube description below. And- yeah, and remember on Tony's episode, he was talking about he wants uh, someone to write something so he could do like a skate superhero kind of guy. And like, look, he's built like a superhero. So all the, all the writers out there, we got an insanely talented community. we got a ton of good writers. We need those screen, those scripts, you know, because it's, it's, it's about to get to that time. Blade and starting to bubble up. It's starting to get popular again. Someone needs to write a cool script, a screenplay. And I'm, I'm just putting it out there. So more shout out screenplays. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. all the writers out there. Crans, yeah. we're looking at you. That's right. <laughs> Uh, before we carry on with our episode with our special guest, uh, Tim Adams, we have to do our Patreon uh, monthly supporter giveaway. So like we say every month, we put everybody's name in a, a virtual hat right here. Uh, everybody who supports us on Patreon, just to show our support back. And thanks for helping support this channel. Uh, we give away one of whatever you guys want from our online store. So the month of May just passed. Oh, look at that. Bobby Spassoff. Whoa. Thanks for supporting I didn't know Bobby, Bobby was a Patreon. That's yeah, so cool. Bobby. That's awesome. All right. If Bobby's get a Patreon supporter, you should be too. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> Bobby gets a shirt and gets like a cool clip and a Jump Street shirt. Yeah, that's cool. That'd be dope. Yeah. Bobby, uh, we'll hit you up and uh, we'll get you whatever you want from our online store. And if you are just watching or listening anyway, check out our online store regardless. We have nice Jump Street mugs right here. We have mm-hmm. Jump Street t-shirts, uh, hats. So a bunch of good stuff in there. Check it out, jumpstreetpodcast.com slash store. If you're watching on YouTube, you can also go in the link in the description below as well. Oh, the beanie. We got the five panels. The beanies, five panels, snapbacks, T-shirts, tanks, whatever you All want. Right. It's up there. <laughs> All right. All right. But um, cool. Is that everything? I do believe so, yes. All right. We carry well, on with our special guest. Let's carry on with our special guest. Everybody, please welcome Tim Adams. <laughs> we get a round of applause. We all get rounds of applause on Jump Street. Welcome to the show, Thank Tim. You. Hey, Tim. Welcome to the show and happy Pride. Happy Pride. Yeah, happy Thank Pride. You. you didn't bless us with a happy Pride in the beginning. I thought you were going to come out with it. <laughs> <laughs> happy Pride. Welcome to the show. We've been wanting to have you on for a long time. Um, to those who don't know, Tim just put out a uh, wheel scene podcast with David uh, McNamara from 
from Wheel Scene, and that's really good. Check that out. And also edit Sinner Edit, which is super dope. Mm -hmm. And we can get into all that. But as always, Tim, I'm not sure if you've seen the show before, but we like to start everyone's story in the beginning and find out where they how they started and got into this culture. I know you've been around for a long time. I've been seeing you in skate videos for like, you know, 20 years back in like the nature skate video days and, you know, doing huge disaster topsoles and hammers from back in the day. Just, you know, um, so yeah. What was your beginning story like on, on these blades? Um, I got my first pair of inline skates in, uh, 1992 Whoa. for Christmas. Wow. Uh, from my grandfather. Uh, and even before that, actually, I found a, a photograph I want to show you guys. Uh, my first day on quad skates. Uh, I just found it last night. I don't know if you can see this. <laughs> oh, yeah. I've seen pictures of you with those Fisher Price skates on. Yeah. So that was that same day. I had the same ones. Wow. Those were my first pair of skates, too. Yeah. So, <laughs> so <laughs> the story goes I was two years old. It says on the back. Uh, Tim uh, two and it's uh, summer of 1987. Um, and the story goes that I was, those were like my cousins or my sisters or something. And I was demanding that my mom make them smaller. So they fit me and she put them on me uh, and turned around to do something else. And before she knew it, I was at the end of the driveway uh, mm. and just skated all the way. <laughs> nice. I don't know how true that is. Um, I wish we had like camera phones back then to have just documented that. Um, yeah, but, uh, but yeah, that was where I got my absolute first start, but I was on quad skates from then on and then got inline skates. Uh, and I remember my, my cousin, Mike took me out to the garage that evening, like on Christmas and, uh, I put them on and he, uh, he was telling me just, you just got to lean forward and bend your knees. And I almost fell back and he said, no, no, no lean forward, bend your knees. And I just skated right over to him. And that was, that was that. <laughs> but, um, but no, I've been, and after that, uh, skated by myself, kind of played roller hockey here and there, but I would just skate in a circle in my driveway. And, uh, eventually I saw on TV, probably like in this competition and bought some grind plates and some, uh, anti rockers and learned how to front side and built a little ramp and uh, got started that way. So this is like the beginning in Rochester. I would imagine there were not too many bladers up there before you during that time. No, there was, um, I mean, during that time, yeah, I was the kid. Um, fast forward probably five, six years, um, I was skating with uh, Mike Torres, uh, Steve Bruning, um, that was sort of our, our core group. And, uh, I mean, we were kids, we were in like middle school and high school. Um, but, uh, there was an older generation and, uh, they were like the shifties kids. They were sponsored by like a snowboard and skate shop, um, from like the other side of Rochester. They were kind of the, the wealthier group of guys. Sounds like um, a movie. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, the shifties so kids. Um, yeah, yeah, um, and they didn't like us to begin with. Uh, <laughs> Just we, out of we the preps. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much how we started. Eventually, those guys stopped skating. Um, they were so good, but though they even by today's standards, 
um, so like stylish and would do like big drop rails and hammers and just kind of didn't give a fuck. Um, but uh, I think they like skateboard now. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, that, that's kind of how we started it. And then we started branching out, going downtown, learning to hit handrails and, and film ourselves. So, so yeah. You guys made a pretty good like name for the Rochester scene though. Cause has there, I was trying to think before, has there ever been like a pro quote unquote that came out of Rochester? Like a big um, name you would say or something like that? No, not no, yet. Right? It's you guys. <laughs> it's you guys holding yeah. it down for all these years. Yeah. Um, but we were, I mean, we just enjoyed skating and filming and putting content out there on the internet when we were during like the BMAG days and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. So, and also just, I mean, once you pick up a camera, like we ended up sort of hijacking my mom's digital eight camera or high eight camera. And, um, when you first see yourself on video, that's when you start to really develop your style and your trick vocabulary and trying to make your tricks look like what you see in videos. Hmm. So that was a big change for us, but that was, I mean, I'm jumping all over here, but no, that was, I like that. That, that was an that interesting was point. Yeah. that was an interesting point too, because a lot of us started picking up a camera and started filming each other, you know, like our, our parents home video cameras or something like that. And I never really thought to look back at it and be like, ek analyze our skating and be like, Oh, I could do this better. Or, or, you know, I should have done this a certain way. Like, did you do that a lot growing up? Um, I think so. Cause before we got a camera, we were watching skate videos and you could see each other and kind of vibe off of that, but couldn't really analyze your own skating. So, yeah, I never really, I never really took that aspect into consideration. I was always just filming us just to film us. Be like, oh shit, that was sick. All right, move on, next one. <laughs> you know. Well, I think you guys were doing it earlier on than we were, because you, Austin, like you were skating when you were really, really young, right? Yeah, but I mean, like I still, still got a camera. I don't know. It was like, I don't mean like my birthday one year, some really shitty, same thing, like eight millimeter camera, and yeah. I don't know, two thousand, I think something like that. Yeah. So uh, I don't know. I guess I think part of it is I'm thinking about this because like Mike just put all that really old footage in the center edit. Mm -hmm. um, and so I just thinking about the timeline and how like when things changed. Hmm. Have you been uh, skating with those guys a while, Mike and, and Grant and all these guys? Yeah. Um, I met Mike when I was in like sixth or seventh grade. I remember the first time I saw him, he was like super punk rocked out. He had like a no effects t-shirt that was all ripped. <laughs> And like he had a chain wallet and uh, I was still, I was literally like fucking 11 years old. <laughs> uh, I didn't know who no effect, no effects was. Uh, and um, I don't know, we, we clicked pretty much immediately. I was always a little bit intimidated by him because uh, he was from Hilton. Like he was from the town of Hilton and went street skating uh, and uh, hung out with like skateboarders and stuff. And Whoa. I was just like, I was from like, Hilton, but in like the the more suburban part of Hilton, that's kind of in the outskirts. Um, so it's a little Tor different, but um, Tor but yeah, I, mean, I didn't know that about Mike. I didn't know oh, that yeah. about Mike. Mike was... <laughs> Mike's a badass. Mike's a rough he, guy. He's always Dang. Been, yeah. Wow, <laughs> yeah. that's cool. Because Mike comes off quite quite nice, you know. Oh yeah, he's, he, he's... yeah he's... <laughs> uh, yeah yeah he was a little a little dirtbag back then. But I <laughs> that. <laughs> that, that well, that hasn't changed. That hasn't changed at all. Uh, but yeah, oh, I mean, we, like Mike 
uh, Mike's dad lived in the city, um, and somehow we convinced my mom that where he was living, that where we were going to visit for the weekend was like fine. And it was realistically, like we never had any issue, but this is on Avenue D and probably one of the most, you know, highest crime rate areas of the city on the north side. Um, and Mike's dad, Jose, would come pick us up on like Friday, bring us out there. And I think my mom thought that we, like, he was like watching us or like bringing us places to skate. We would just skate from this front door to the city and uh that's when we started really getting into uh like filming and street skating i think that's when most of the footage early footage from the next movement came out <laughs> uh really old stuff like you know we were in like fifth elements big baggy jeans um just looking like shit i mean we were like 12 13 years old i, I wanted to say something about the next movement because you had a section in that video and you see skating is obviously really good it's always been really good and I feel like one of the traits of being a good skater is that you could get down with any kind of skates, like any pair of skates. And you had REMS in that section and you skated really good in the REMS. And like, what happened to the, the whole REMS thing? Cause that just like went and gone. <laughs> um, I, I really liked the skates. I remember seeing uh, Brian Jagger skate them uh, and do that, that like iconic top mistrial on yes. like the, the, I think it was like a white rail that had like a, I don't know, it was like an oddly shaped rail, but just amazing. Uh, and he just had just incredible style. Uh, so I kind of wanted to be like that. Um, yes. so I bought the skates good, and it was choice. a thing where you like, mm. what's that? Good, good choice. choice. Yeah. Brian Jagger, <laughs> that's great style. Great, great yeah. style. Perfect tricks. Yeah. Like every time. Yeah. Just, um, Perfect. but anyway, yeah. Uh, Sorry, bought skates. Back then, you had to send them a, a drawing of your foot and all that. I thought it was like the highest technology thing ever. I realized probably they just sent me a pair of size seven skates. Yeah, these um, are super OG uh, Yeah, that's and, a cool um, little hustle though. <laughs> yeah, I know. Send me a size of your foot. It's... Of um, but cool. anyways, we like I was skating pretty hard back then, and destroyed the skates completely in probably a month and a half. Um, and not even like, you know, you guys know, I'm not like a big grinder. I don't do a lot of ledge skating. Um, and, but it got to the point where I would like do a grind on a basic handicap rail, come off and just collapse. Um, <laughs> and I emailed whoever the contact was. I don't know if it was Kato or who, who was doing their like customer support. And, uh, it was, I think the email I got back was, well, our professional Chris Haffey tested these out and he just did a true Mizu 720 off of a 10 foot height uh, ledge in these skates. And so I don't know what to tell you. And I was just like, Whoa. man, fuck these skates. What? That is such a crazy response. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, and I, I, to this, I don't care to this day. It was just kind of a funny story. Uh, Cause I like, and I'm like, I know, I had all the Brian Bell videos uh, and I knew who Chris Happy was. Um, yeah, I don't know. It, it's funny, like one of the first memories I have of being, like becoming an adult was I had uh, a copy of like one of the TVTV videos and it said, it had like Brian Bell's pager number on mm. it. And I was like, yo, I hear he has this new video out, Wanted. Or it was like Wanted or 
one of those like real yeah. grind videos that, that he came out with. And I was and, yeah. and I uh, and I paged him and he called me and I ordered like all the new videos he had. What? Um, yeah, and I like I like talked to Brian Bell on the phone. I was probably like twelve or thirteen years old. Um, oh that shit! Was a good, that was a good memory. <laughs> wow! Yeah, I, I that, never that, knew that that was the only way to get his video. He had he you had to hit him up directly, and he would sell it to you. Um, yeah, I think I just mailed off cash. I don't know if I like, I don't know how I got the cash to him, but I ended up getting the videos and just hiding them from my mom. And <laughs> <laughs> That's so like, funny. Like Mike would come over and we'd like watch it. And then like mom would come into the room and we'd be like, oh, shit, I got to go like get some snacks or something and like pause it. <laughs> Change the uh, channel. So we didn't place. know what was going to come up. Um, <laughs> yeah, his his videos are pretty, pretty raw. They were like, you know, um, girls, you know, fighting and you know sometimes some break dancing and then sometimes some fighting and it's like oh you know you never know yeah, what's gonna happen so. people just yeah. throwing up uh <laughs> just yeah puking all that yeah it was wild it was wild that's a crazy hustle i didn't know that you had to like page him to get his videos yeah if i'm if i'm remembering it right i'm pretty sure that's what happened and that's cool that he called yeah, you like, like brian bell called you back that's pretty sick yeah there's actually uh, a, pr a pretty funny story. Uh, I feel, I don't know, maybe. Yeah, I guess I'll sh yeah, I should share it. You have to share but it now. He, yeah, like uh, Sean Ho Hoyt, who's like an old school Boston blader. Um, I guess he went up to Brian Bell, something along these lines. Uh, he went up and said, oh, like, you, you know, your video is really good. Like, I have your video. He's like, how do you have my video? I didn't sell it to you. Something like that. And then basically he found out that he copied it. Like he duplicated oh, it. So Brian Bell like snuffed him. <laughs> oh shit. damn! Yeah. So fuck around and find out. <laughs> fuck around, find out, man. Hey, he's a rough guy. R.I.P. Brian Bell. Yeah, um, but yeah, um, you know Rochester's actually like a pretty unique location for skating because what's like always had such a good scene, but you interact with like I feel like the Boston and Connecticut guys more uh back in the day because like as, as young as i can remember like i remember seeing you like in the in like the nature skate videos like how did how did those interactions end up happening like getting in those videos and meeting with those guys i honestly have no idea uh <laughs> we <laughs> we filmed a bunch of stuff and uh i don't know someone must have sent them the footage uh and it ended up in that video um yeah, I mean, it was it was a good thing because we weren't going to do anything with it. Um, but and I have I have family in Boston and Mike and I actually we went on like a family vacation. Some of that footage in like in the oldest stuff that we have uh, is in Boston. Um, but like uh, before that or I guess it was after that that we got pretty good and the nature videos came out. Um, we were never I don't think we were ever in communication with whoever made that. Um, I'm, I'm honestly not sure. <laughs> hmm. That was a, that was a joy of skating back then. You could just, your video, your footage could just show up in a video. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. I mean, someone must've mailed it out. Uh, like it could have been like Mike Dispenza. Um, he was filming us for a while, but, um, yeah, I'm not sure. Hmm. So was that like, oh. uh, were those the first videos you were in? I guess like real videos or something like that uh yeah i think so there was that the nature video and there was a uh i want to say brady fontenot 
in Dallas or somewhere in Texas made a video that we that I had a bunch of footage in. Um, I might have the name completely wrong. Um, I like yeah. Sorry for the shitty answer. <laughs> I honestly don't don't remember. Um, I'll think of it if I if I think of it before we finish this this discussion. Uh, but it was a good video. But it was a lot. It was all the. Um, I think it was centered in Dallas, and a lot of really good guys down there. That that's even more random than the nature video. Yeah, very random. <laughs> um. So, what do you like? Um, the Rochester scene, like I was saying before, is like always been like super strong. I feel like you, Grant, everyone, Dan Barnes, all these guys, like the Buffalo scene, like has always kind of held that down and been doing it for so long, like twenty years. Um. Do you, I don't know. Do you? Why? Why do you think that is? You guys have such a strong scene. Um, I don't know. I think part of it could be that we only have like six or seven months out of the year we can skate. I think you guys have a pretty good understanding of how that works, but we have really mm -hmm. rough winters. Mm -hmm. Um, and for like when I was growing up, I had a bunch of like boxes in my basement that were set up. There's got to be footage of that somewhere. But my parents pretty much allowed me to just take over the entire basement and built like they, I had like a two foot tall by like 16 foot wide quarter pipe and like a bower box kind of set up down there. And we got to just like train um, and like play KRS one and <laughs> loud, like really awesome rap music that we were into at the time. Um, and just like learn all of the grinds, all of the full cab true spin grinds uh and got really good that way um and uh yeah i don't know I, I guess we just had a really good uh crew that was that went back years and years uh and we stuck it out for a while um we also all hung out and socialized together and and would get drunk and do all that stuff together so i mean i don't think it's very different from most scenes that were putting out footage and like the uh, you know, in the 2000s, like the aughts into the early uh, 2010s. Um, I don't know. I think I, also we had really talented people behind the camera um, doing doing that kind of work. So, yeah. Like putting out videos like Physical Phenomenon and While You Were Sleeping and all that stuff and, and going to like Bitter Cold Showdown and selling them. Um <clears throat> We also had street contests here for a while. Uh, yep, that's right. That were that were pretty big. That's probably how I met you guys. I, like, I'm, like RFCC days. Is that the thing? Yeah, I was gonna say that. Yeah, those types of things. Those events. Those yeah. tours roll through Rochester somehow. I don't know how they made it yeah. through Rochester, but I have no idea. But yeah, like Louis Zamora and Walt Austin were in Rochester, and I was like, what? Are, oh, uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll I, take oh, it. It's so <laughs> sick. Yeah, there was such a sick event there. Like we were like uh, all the B and E guys, mm -hmm. and uh, yeah, it was like everyone like the RFCC RFCC thing. So yeah. sick. oh yeah, that was that skate park, that indoor park, right? Yeah, extremes. Uh, extremes, yes. Extremes. Yeah. That was that so was a, sick. The whole floor was all one one yeah. ramp. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that was one of the best parks ever. Yeah. R.I.P. That was the R.I.P. <laughs> yeah, uh, in uh. I, I was gonna say I remember you guys selling like while you were sleeping and stuff at Bitter Cold and like just getting like your little hustles on, 
Was it like Mike Torres that made that one too, or? Um, Torres and Spenza collaborated on that one. Yeah, so I remember like them at the trade show, like slanging DVDs and stuff like that. It's a good way to get. Uh, it was a good way to get like your crew and your your scene out there too to a wider audience. It's like the old yeah, everyone style. was doing that. Yeah, yeah, like there were so many. I have a a whole stack of DVDs that I would get at Bitter Cold, be like five, ten bucks a piece, mm-hmm. and you just bring them home. And I mean, that was a different time, but yeah, different. Um, yeah. Shit, I was selling selling the truth DVDs like that too. And now that I think about it, I was doing the same thing. I have a picture of myself at Bitter Cold selling truth DVDs just out of my hand. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And we had like t-shirts. Like later on, we did the stoop. Yeah, the stoop. Uh, the stoop. I was going to say that. The like, stoop never was. not stooping tees. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That shit was sick. We got to bring that back. Just a re-release. <laughs> of the shirt? Yeah. Yeah, you guys are big on the stoop. You had the... Did you live at that house? Uh, no, I never lived there. Oh, um, well, a bunch of you guys I lived at that house. I live uh, like a quarter mile from that house. I walk by it with Rufus all the time. Uh, it's still there. <laughs> with the old stoop that you guys used to hang out on. Yeah, we were awful to those poor neighbors. Until <laughs> <laughs> like four or five in the morning, just not giving a shit. We were, I don't know. It was fine. <laughs> <laughs> it was fine. You guys survived. They did not there anymore. But you yeah. guys also did, um, did you... Were you one of the owners in the skate shop that you guys opened up there, Rock City Skate? Or no. that's what it's called. You weren't one of the owners. I was not. You were not one of the owners. So I know it was like a bunch of people that collabed on it, whatever. And um I was just curious how you you felt on having a skate shop in like your town change the scene or how it affected how it affected it, because it's not something that you see too much anymore these days. Yeah, um no, it was sick. So uh Grant, uh Nate and actually my current boss, uh, Emery, uh, decided to do that kind of on a whim. Uh, at least that, that I wasn't involved because I wasn't in a position to, to do anything that would really be helpful. Um, but uh, they did that. They had a storefront right on Monroe Ave, which is a very busy... That, Monroe Ave is what the, the, the street, the stoop was the stoop, on. stoop, yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, they did that. I thought it was awesome. It, I think it lasted like a couple years, um, but it's just that was at probably the worst time you could open, especially an aggressive only shop um, in Rochester in a city where maybe like thirty people do aggressive skating. <laughs> you know, oh, yeah. Uh, and so I, I mean, as I, I wish that they that we had been had like the foresight to say, Oh, we should do quad skates and rec skates and do all this other stuff. But for whatever reason, they decided they wanted to keep it like the core, like aggressive skating, um, shop. And so that's what they did. And I don't know, it, it was cool for a while and you know, I'm glad they did it, but it just, it, it was kind of bound to fail from the beginning, unfortunately, but you know, we had a place we could go meet up on weekends and just hang out there and watch skate videos and uh and do all the stuff that you do in a in a storefront like that but it just unfortunately just the money wasn't there i was gonna ask if it affected the scene at all uh like did you guys i know you said it was a bad time what was it like 2010 ish something like that um i got my shirt on by the way i know i see that that's that's great <laughs> but I, uh, I, I was I was curious if it like it affected the scene at all, like having a skate shop local to you. And since you've been skating for so long, you obviously seen Rochester 
all the people that pretty much been through with skating and stuff like that. So you would have a good yeah. idea on like how that would change something like that. I mean, yeah, it brought some new people in, um, younger people that would might be skating on their own out in like one of the, the suburbs of, of Rochester would then come to the shop and we would all hang out and kind of bond that way. I, I think that we met and became like long-term friends with a, a handful of people. But um, even that now, uh, our scene is very small right now. Uh, mm -hmm. So it's hard to say that it was like a super positive, uh, that it had a super positive effect on, on our scene. It definitely didn't have a negative effect. Um, but I think that the cost kind of outweighed the benefits um, mm -hmm. in that regard. So, but you could talk also to like Grant or Nate or Emery and they might have a totally different take on it. Because <laughs> uh, honestly, like I wasn't there all the time. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, um, it's uh, a rough time to do a shop at that time, especially. It was, uh, you know, rollerblading is a very hand-to-mouth business. If you get into it, it's very tough to yeah. labor love, I guess. For sure. So, yeah, <laughs> but it's, yeah. I feel like you need a lot of foot traffic if it's a new shop, a relatively new shop. You know, obviously there's established ones like, you know, loco and roller warehouse and stuff like that. But I feel like if you're yeah. starting out, it's like a brick and mortar kind of shop. Like foot traffic has to help that. Even people just walking by and being able to, you know, be like, oh, I haven't seen rollerblades in a while. Let me check these out. Or if you see them in the window, you know, it just sticks in people's minds a little better. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I think that was there. We were actually, that, that shop was right around the corner from the main skateboard shop in Rochester, Crudco. Um, and they saw us move in. I say us, I'll just say the rollerbladers move in. Um, and we're like, oh, what the fuck is this? Uh, and then they realized it was in line and like, oh, okay, no, that's fine. Because uh, they knew we weren't like trying to jump on their, like their territory for skateboard stuff. Hmm. Um, so they didn't but, see uh, it as a threat? No, I don't think so. I thought they would have, huh? That's interesting. No, this isn't 1995, you know? <laughs> like, uh, I think skateboarders know, like, we're struggling anyway. <laughs> I, I do think that one of the things that we should have done, or that they should have done, is because people that come in would probably would have bought rec skates. Would have, mm -hmm. you know, no one's going to buy like $300 uh, razors with anti rockers and all this stuff if they're just getting into rollerblading. Um, mm -hmm. And I don't know. I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm in no position to criticize what they did. I feel like that's kind of uh, like what I'm doing here. And, and I, I don't know. I just, it was, uh, it, I, th I think lesson learned. We could have done it better. They could have done it better. But um, yeah. Grant, Grant's in the chat now. I wonder if he's like screaming at the computer screen like, damn it, Tim. I told you this already. We tried doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Grant. Uh <laughs> At that time, we were probably like arguing anyway, so. <laughs> <laughs> so it's okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, did you have one? Was there a shop growing up there before that? Oh, there were Shifties. Um, oh, Shifties. That's the where, Shifties. Yeah, kids. that was a shop that sponsored like. Ah, uh, the uh, Shifties kids. Ah, uh, yeah, okay, yeah. the Shifties yeah. kids. Yeah. Damn those Shifty yeah. kids. <laughs> You're the bad kids. <laughs> no, but eventually we ended up getting like pretty tight with them. So. During, um, was it BG15, uh, like Battle My Crew 2, um, 
we linked up with the Shifties kids and because they had um, pretty good camera equipment and wanted to like collaborate and, and like do a section uh, for Battle My Crew. And it never made it to the actual video, but it's in the leftovers if you watch it. Um, we were called the Tattooed Love Boys. <laughs> and I'm not making that up. <laughs> uh, and yeah, uh, yeah, Tattooed Love Boys uh, was was the crew name, which is probably why it wasn't. It was like so ridiculous. The section was sick, though. Um, Where's yeah, that section? You said in the throwaways of VG15. It, it's in. That's before DVDs. I think, I, I think it's on a friend of mine has it on his Vimeo, but it was in like the DVD you bought had like a bonus for VG15. Um, yeah, there was a DVD and for VG15. Yeah, really. That was like when DVDs were just coming out. Hmm. I, I swear I'm not worst ones. <laughs> yeah, I remember having VG16 on VHS and VG19 on VHS. Maybe I just got a DVD oh, player really late. <laughs> yeah. Slow transition. I think they offered both for a while. I think it was VG15. Maybe it was one of the later ones. 18. Battle oh, there's, Crew 2 was. there's Battle My Crew 2 and then 3. So maybe one or the other. I don't know. Oh, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's, I don't know. I'll send you guys a link or something. But <laughs> section yeah. Taurus said VG18. Uh, yeah, I want to see that. Toy said VG18. That makes a little more sense for DVDs. Oh, shit. Okay, maybe it was VG18 then. Yeah. <clears throat> That's cool that you guys joined forces, though, with the Shifties kids. <laughs> yeah, we set aside our differences. <laughs> yeah. And then, dang, and then after all that, they put you in the leftovers? Yeah. That's a, a bummer. <laughs> yeah. I need, I need to check this out. And if you say it's sick, I believe it. Yeah, I'm curious, too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so (laughs) yeah, no, well, I I do have like a big list of stuff and everything is all over the place. They're all like just completely different topics. Um, well, we could get that awesome. No, um, well, I I was curious since we're on the Rochester topic, everything is is about Rochester. Um, I was going to say that like a bunch of people have moved out of Rochester over the years and you've always been one of the few to stick around in Rochester and hold it down for the upstate New York scene. And like, I was wondering why you chose to stay out there and not venture out anywhere else, especially during a time a few years back when people were just leaving, going to, you know, other bigger cities and shit. Um, that's a good question. I, I never really had a career that would take me to other places. Um, so like Mike Torres, when he, he got a job doing video videography stuff for a company that would send him to different cities like every weekend. Um, and so that's how he got into traveling and would find cities and be like, Oh, this, I could, I could live here. Um, and had his eyes opened that way. Um, and I just never really had that. I was working as a mechanic. Uh, that's, you know, an auto mechanic. It's not really, you could do that anywhere. Yeah, I could, but it's not something that's going to send me and relocate me to other places yeah. um, to do, like, location-specific work. Um, also, all my family's here, uh, and so that's that's kept me here. Um, like, the shop I worked in was my dad's shop, um, and so I never really considered it. Um, I have considered it much more uh, recently, over the past few years. Um, oh, really? So, So you never know. Um, where would you move to? Where would I move? Yeah. 
not New York City. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> I love New York. Don't get me wrong. I love to visit New York, but I I need space from other people, and it's <laughs> I don't think it's for me. I visited many times. Rufus needs to run uh, around. Yeah, it's just it's just I'm a little bit slower. Uh, I'm, I'm more into a slower lifestyle than I respect that. And all that. I respect that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know somewhere maybe down maybe down south out west. Um, I don't know. I don't I don't. There are, there is no plan as of right now and so there's no reason to even like list uh um, mm. potential places I, I wasn't gonna hold it against you i was just curious what you had in mind because <laughs> <laughs> i can't picture you anywhere except for rochester you know yeah and that may be i may end up staying here forever uh i, I mean I, I like it here i mm. like having four seasons i like the people here um i like the the comfort of knowing exactly where i am and uh, like I mean, I've been skating this city for you know twenty something years. Uh, you get to know intimately where every single thing is in the city, and how to get around. And um, I don't know, this is just my home for now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the people in Rochester no, are that good people. Yeah, Rochester is a nice little homey. It's like uh, it reminds me of Pittsburgh because I guess we were there not too long ago, Billy. But um, it's mm -hmm. like that kind of town. All the people are really good there too. Like. Like you were saying, and you, uh, you know, Torres, Grant, like Nate, you know, Steve Rooney, like all these guys, some of my favorite people ever. Oh, so, sure. yeah, definitely, yeah, whatever, whatever's going on up there, you got a lot of things going on over there, but it, it's it's going good. You know, it breeds good people, Rochester. You might have your garbage yeah, plates and stuff, but. <laughs> <laughs> Can you explain to people yeah. what a garbage plate is since that's like a Rochester thing? Yo, I had a garbage plate today for lunch. No, no joke. You still eat garbage yeah. plates? Yeah. That's the most um, Rochester shit ever. Yeah, it is. Um, Explain to people so what a garbage plate is. Basically, you get like a um, a styrofoam container, like one of the big ones. Uh, I, yeah, okay, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> like a styro, like a big square styrofoam container, and half of it is laid with um, like home fries. The other half is mac salad. And then traditionally, you get uh two cheeseburger patties on top of that with onions uh mustard and like a hot sauce like a meat sauce over all of that and you add however much ketchup you want and you mix it all together and you eat it like it, it's 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 like a slot plate um oh i love that that sounds so good that's how you eat your breakfast yeah. billy no matter what it is <laughs> yeah it makes everything all the food if I have seven things on a plate, I just cut it up. I put it into one all the yeah. time. I love that. You, you always nice. do that, Billy. Yeah. That's why. Yeah, it's perfect. Yeah. yeah. But I, I mean, that. you can also change out like the the home fries for tots or onion rings or whatever. People get like steak plates now and stuff. I honestly, I'm not a big fan of them, but my coworkers like to get them every so often. I'm like, fuck it. That's, I, I live here, so this is what I have to do. <laughs> yeah, it's part of it. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta respect the rituals and the tradition of the town. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'll have like half of it, and it's like, I don't know. It, it it's just too much now. That's a lie. You <laughs> but it's the kind of thing that you traditionally. This is the 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 place you would go at two thirty in the morning, um, with your friends, drunk to like Nick Tahoe's. Um, they were, I think, they were like the originator of the 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 plate, and uh, you'd go in there. Everybody in the place is drunk. And they're just scooping their um, home fries from a giant batch. And these are 
it's just a big party uh and it's basically drunk food but now it's become more mainstream and every other place in rochester sells their version of the plate um but yeah i wouldn't recommend it honestly i mean try it <laughs> once for sure um but i'm not gonna yeah. be like an advocate for the garbage plate i think it's it's fine <laughs> it's a very appetizing yeah. name by the way garbage yeah, plate. garbage plate i think if you're over it's... 22 you outgrow the garbage plate probably it's a very rochester name <laughs> it sounds intriguing though i gotta say when i heard it i was like hmm that sounds like it could be good i don't know why it just just sounded like a lot you know you have, Yo, a garbage have, have mike torres make oh shit you live in long beach now so okay yeah well, <laughs> well but you mike torres before. if you're out there yeah I'll, I'll be back in new york in july or august something like that so mike yeah he'll I would love a garbage plate. <laughs> you got to eat the plate too afterwards on the paper plate. Eat the whole oh, thing. No. <laughs> that should be oh, the Rochester no. garbage plate. You roll it up in the paper plate and oh, you just eat gosh. it like a burrito. Well, it, it comes it comes with like with bread, and the idea is you then soak up all the nasty shit at the end. On the <laughs> all the garbage yes. juice. All the garbage yeah. juices. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's what bread is Sorry, made for. Bread's that's one of those made for cleaning the plate. The garbage it's juices. So, oh, you yeah. just soak up the garbage juices. It's so it's terrible. Oh, I love that. It's terrible. <laughs> oh, I love it. it. Sounds so good. Uh um Well, you know, it is it is Pride Month. We're jumping in from, from the garbage plate to <laughs> but it is it is Pride Month and um you just put out a the the center part a while ago that you talked about on the on the wheel scene podcast, and I was wondering if you could get uh, get into that again, like the uh, the idea behind the center part. Um, sure. I mean, that was Mike's always got a, a bigger vision than what I do. Mike's a videographer. I'm just like his subject, or you know, whatever you want to call it, uh, and he's he's got all kinds of concepts for what he wants to do with it and um mm -hmm. i don't know he pitched it to me and i was like yeah that sounds good but i <laughs> I, I feel <laughs> like mike is more equipped to answer uh to um to his intentions behind the 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 theme of the center mm -hmm. edit um but i think of it as kind of like a big fuck you to to the religious right um, that is somehow still got a stronghold over like um, what LGBTQ people are allowed to do uh, in with our with our bodies, with our health care, uh, who we're allowed to marry. I mean, we're kind of over the marriage thing right now, um, but there are you know all other kinds of attacks on uh, people's human rights. Um, trans youth specifically is a big thing right now. Um, and a lot of that is just, you know, the, the, right now what's going on is this idea that trans youth shouldn't be allowed to play sports as on the team that sit, that suits their gender identity. Um, because I don't know, some fucking politicians watched ladybugs or or something <laughs> if you guys do you remember ladybugs the I rodney think. dangerfield um like oh yeah rodney dangerfield yeah. yeah like where the kid the the boy dresses up as a girl to play mm -hmm. on the girls team yeah. so rodney dangerfield okay. you know drunk ass can look good in front of whoever he's trying to impress it's just it's so 
stupid mm-hmm. and it's not an issue put, yeah. all it's it's just the latest thing in like the culture wars um that right-wingers want to like latch on to even though that it's not an issue um if you had like a venn diagram of uh like jocks who play sports and trans kids very few of those <laughs> that that uh combination of that venn diagram would be so small um and chances are the kids playing on the team would not care like this is a this is an adult issue um and it's just awful um so <laughs> i guess backing up uh to uh the theme of the edit being sinner and having a pretty outwardly uh gay theme uh with the the grace jones song um that that's it's in my mind uh that's kind of who mike was uh aiming that that kind of like oh this is a sinner check out how like comfortable this dude is on skates and how comfortable he is in his own skin uh and that he's doing all these tricks but you're going to call him a sinner and legislate all this you know bullshit um i'm kind of rambling at this point but that that's kind of my takeaway on that if we're talking about specifically uh lgbt rights um and it's something that we got to talk about especially uh during pride month specifically as um nothing is getting passed right now uh that as far as like uh national legislation like the equality act um because we have politicians who have no backbone <laughs> uh and are not willing to stand up to uh, the republican party um what's the equality act so, for people who don't know um briefly the equality act would um insert language specifically into the 1964 uh, Civil Rights Act that um, singles out and and says uh, explicitly that gender identity and sexual orientation, I believe, I believe that this is my uh, understanding of it. Uh, Right now, the equality or the the Civil Rights Act was amended to include sex. And so you can't discriminate at a job or healthcare or whatever uh, based on sex. And in my view, it would that was meant to include sexual orientation and gender identity, um, but it doesn't. And so the Equality Act is meant to include that language and make it specifically clear that, no, you can't do this stuff. Um, and there are other areas where specifically, like transgender youth are just being bulldozed. Um, a big thing in i'm not trans i have a lot of trans friends um and right now um we have the technology so let's say i'm 10 years old uh and i was assigned my gender uh was i was assigned to be a male at birth but in my mind uh i've always felt like a woman like a girl uh and what technology can do now is if you don't want to go through puberty uh because 
once you go through puberty, your body makes permanent changes. Um, and if you aren't sure whether you want to continue your life as a boy, um, there's an option to, to get, uh, I think they're injections or pills, some kind of way of basically getting like puberty blockers that will stop you from going through puberty until you, and so to give you some time to figure it out. And so that if you want to transition to become a woman, um, you can do that and you don't have like facial hair or an Adam's apple, things like that. Um, and a lot of families do that and it literally it fucking save ki saves kids lives. Um, and somehow, I guess like the lack of education, um, again, just the culture wars, people just getting outraged at everything on the right. Uh, think that that is some kind of like fucking with God's plan or or whatever uh, shitty way they want some whatever ignorant way they want to frame it, um, and it's it's just basic healthcare. Listen to what the experts are saying. This is the stuff that saves kids' lives. This is the stuff that improves. Uh, people's general well-being and happiness um, and they're trying to legislate against that and make it illegal to use those uh, that that kind of medicine in various states and many of the states have made it illegal that's the kind of thing that's happening uh, across our country in specific pockets mm. uh, so that's fucked up um, and I think that's why though that that's why we need to like uh, I, I guess it's a matter of education to start, um, but I don't. It, it's much more serious than just like, oh, I just want people to be happy and and be nice to me, as what like as a cis white gay dude. Like I'm not. I'm gonna be okay. Um, but if I have to be the one to tell people what's really going on. Like that's my responsibility. And I think that's all of our collective responsibility. Uh, we owe it to each other. We have a lot of trans people in skating. We have a lot of gender non-binary people in skating. Um, and this, it's a matter of just changing, I guess, our ideas and our understanding of what, what, what that stuff means. Um, Cause this stuff is, is, I don't know. Uh, a lot of the details of this stuff. This is just me kind of rattling off my understanding of it. Um, and if someone disagrees, like, feel free, like, let me know what I'm getting wrong. Um, but uh, for a long time, I've been looking into this stuff and being close uh, as, as, a, as a queer person uh, and as an ally to trans people. Um, I've been pretty close to this stuff and I'm pretty sure I got it at least close enough to know what's right and wrong you know um, yeah well I, I i i agree with your point like the education is important and to, to know about it because you know to to be able to recognize the signs and identify those those things so when the, the child gets older you can see and know you know because i would imagine you know at 10 and my whole life and definitely in the adolescence, I was like definitely confused, all kinds of 
things just because of life. So I'd imagine if you're, um, you know, not, you, you know, gender non-binary or in like a member of the trans or that it would be even, yeah, super difficult and, and hard to, so hard to talk about it. So the education is, I could see being such a big part of the convert, like of the, so people can like know how to deal with those things, you know, because I think a lot of people don't know how to deal with those if, if it were to come up because the, I, there's a, it's at the center, like you said, of like a culture war. Um, so like, yeah. there's a lot of like these pushback on things. So it's, it's hard to get that like education, like, or, you know, that you're saying. For sure. I mean, but right now, fortunately we have like the internet. And so yeah. if, if a young kid is questioning their gender identity, they're able to most of the time can, can figure out some kind of support network. Um, at the same time, uh, a lot of kids are born into very religious families uh, and get kicked out uh, of their houses. Um, I think like 40% of homeless youth are LGBT. Um, wow. And just, the, and that's, that's real. Like that shit sticks with you. So if you're at like your pivotal point in life where you're 10, 11, 12 years old, figuring out who you are and you come out to your family and they reject you, um, that's how, I mean, drug addiction, people living on the street, prostitution, um, you know, it's, it, it can be a very troubling life. And, and this is, this is, I mean, regardless of what you or I think, Billy, about this stuff, like, listen to the med medical community, listen to the experts, and they're all saying, no, no, this is stuff that we need. We need to, to build support systems for trans youth. Um, so, but I mean, my, my message to you all and the viewers is to, to just do some, some basic reading on this stuff and just keep it in mind. Um, and also, I mean, when people, uh, tell you what their, what their pronouns are, um, use them, um, and get used to like normalizing using pronouns yourself. Uh, I mm -hmm. present as uh a dude um like that I, i'm i'm a dude i use he him pronouns and i tell people that um and a lot of that is about solidarity with people um who are either gender non-binary or beginning uh that journey um or or are transitioning um and a lot of very like very good friends of mine have told me and I've witnessed it uh, being misgendered and it's traumatic for them and it's just awful. So um, that's why, I mean, when, when I signed into this chat, I put my name as Tim uh, and then in parentheses, he, him, uh, because I, because that's, that's who I am. And I want to make, make perfectly clear that, uh, that I stand with trans and non-binary people in that way, however I can, even if it's just a small gesture, gesture like that. Um, so uh, I, I think that, I don't know, I think we need serious allies in this struggle. And I'm not, and I'm not just talking about uh, LGBTQ rights. Um, I think this carries over to issues of race and racism. Uh, 
because like, I mean, I'll just tell you outright, like I'm an anti-racist person. Uh, and I've done enough studying, done enough work out in the streets, organizing, doing campaigns in Rochester, uh, in circles where I'm the only white dude in the room. Uh, and you learn a lot and it, you learn to be pretty damn humble uh, when you're in those circles. <clears throat> and you learn a lot more about yourself really than you do um, about black history, black and brown history. <clears throat> but I think anyways, I just think it's important for people who are in maybe positions of, of advantage, relative advantage to, um, to show solidarity with people who uh, may be uh, struggling. Hundred percent. No, I, I back that, man. That's that's real. We should be able to. And I think one that another. also, dude, like that brings in that relates to skating too, uh, mm -hmm. and and to see a lot of the stuff that's that's I've been seeing on uh, like Instagram, um, like uh, Doug Williams has like a Black Skaters United page, um, and he just puts awesome content of black skaters that I probably wouldn't have seen otherwise. And I wouldn't have followed otherwise. Um, and it really, it centers, uh, their skating and kind of gives them a platform that's specific to, um, to their experience. I think that that kind of stuff is really awesome. Um, I know Phil has been doing a lot of stuff with, um, uh, queer skaters Alliance, something like that. And, um, and they've been doing a lot of great work with that. Um, and and also there's been different facebook groups popping up that were that have been doing um readings and discussions and like book clubs and stuff like that and so i think that's like the very first step is to educate ourselves um but i think it's a pretty crucial one and um yeah sorry you know, that, this that, is that actually like... no that, that actually makes sense and <clears throat> i like your uh, explanation of the the why you would say he him because you know i i, I hear there were there were some on the comments in in one of our things just saying that, oh, if you're a straight man and you say he him, it's I forgot the wording, but it's it's like it's basically saying like it was like extra, you know. But um, when yeah, when you describe it in that way, that that makes perfect sense. Like you're showing like in support and making others yeah. feel comfortable. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and that's just my take. Like, dude, mm -hmm. I constantly tell people like i don't know shit about shit i know what i know mm. but i've got all kinds of blind spots and so if i'm getting something wrong like call me out on that shit but um i, I think it's a matter of moving through this world with good intentions um and also assuming that everybody else has the best of intentions um and that we all i think we all have like similar goals in mind um I think some of the disagreement can come as far as like how we get there um, and how sure. we get there uh, mm -hmm. because, you know, talking with you guys, I'm, you guys are my, my friends. I've known you guys for mm -hmm. years uh, and I want to be as effective with this message as I can right now. But like, I'm also a member of a bunch of automotive forums on uh, Facebook and Instagram and stuff. And like, dude, I, I get, straight up bashed like if i disagree with someone on like something about their car they'll go on my page see that i'm gay 
and they'll bring that shit up. And my response to them is usually, yo, if you said that to my face, like I'd knock your teeth out. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, I mean, that's just me being real. Uh, mm-hmm. But I don't think that's necessarily the most effective way uh, of dealing uh, with people. But when you're online and it's in your face, like, I've never been in a fight in my life, but I can throw a punch. <laughs> uh, and, and like, I don't, I'm not a violent person. I don't want it to get to get there. But if it does, I've, I have no problem defending myself or the people around yeah. me, the people that I love. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah. Yeah. You're, you're a passionate person about that stuff. You, uh, you were like a, can I say that? Yeah. You're like a activist for you. Were, I've seen you all over like marching on streets and, long before like 2020 you know and uh uh yeah you're just very passionate you you're a strong person like to stick up for what you believe in yeah i mean it's important to me because it's not this isn't like an intellectual game for me um like it's it's a matter of survival and to and some of my closest friends being in that struggle um and albeit i if anyone has seen me in recent years like I don't post a lot of that shit on social media anymore. Um, and I'm honestly, I'm not as active as I once was. I, I needed to take a big step back. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, we were out in the streets this summer. Um, we didn't have a choice. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had police murder this man, Daniel Prude in Rochester here uh, back in March of 2019. Uh, he was having a mental health crisis uh, and they put a bag over his head and knelt on his head until he suffocated and he was brain dead. And I think like a day or two later, he was pronounced dead at the hospital and the whole, the whole city erupted after that. Um, and we were, and the police responded as they always do shooting rubber bullets at us and, uh, saying that, you know, we, that, that protesters are violent and all this shit, but they're instigating it. And it's, I don't know. It's just it's it's a mess. Um, police is a whole another topic that we can get to on a, on another episode, but um, I don't know. There's... Yeah, I, I, I saw that happen in uh, in Rochester. This was it this last last year, right? This this past summer, yeah. Um, yeah. So and and also like, yeah, it, it's these kinds of moments. There's always like the event that happens. And then there's what happens after that. And, um, and it's, that event uh, made it so that our current mayor is probably not gonna get reelected. Um, and because, I mean, she was most likely involved in the cover up and, and she's, it, that that's 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 what happens when when people find out that you know you're kind of collaborating and trying to uh sweep stuff under the rug um and it's yeah yeah i i honestly i could talk so, about so, so something good so something yeah not what's that well no i was about to say at least something good came out of it the 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 event like uh you know out of something that bad that she's at least gonna be not be reelected. Sure. And, and I mean, a lot of people, a lot of organizers with black lives matter are running for office now. 
and it's really pushing whether they get elected or not. And what we used to do when I was organizing back 10 years ago, um, we would run candidates, not because we thought they were going to win, but because they got to a platform to expose people's bullshit and push the agenda, whether they get elected or not, the message is there. Uh, and it's a matter of educating people about what's really going on. Um, I have family who have had mental health crises uh, and they weren't suffocated, they weren't snuffed out. Um, and so there is a right way to deal with this stuff. And in my view, it's not the police. Um, so yeah, so there's, I don't know. I feel like I'm just rambling about. about okay, no, no, no. Okay, you know what? Um, we can, first of all, I think this is important, this awareness and you're, I know you think you're rambling, but you're not. You're being pretty articulate about a lot of this and uh, presenting it well. So don't think you're rambling. You're not. But um, maybe we can, you know, I w we can get back into that and all this conversation, which I think is good. But um, since we are on the topic and we are talking to you on this podcast, um, I would like to bring maybe back to your announcement on kind of coming out to the skate community on Facebook, which was a few years back. Um I know that yeah. there was a, that was, I'm sure, I mean, I couldn't imagine personally, but I'm sure that was huge for you, like what, what that took to do. And I was just curious to know, like, you know, your, your feelings and, you know, we, we talked, we talked to Grant about this a little bit, but coming up in a community where it's so centric on being fruit booters and, uh, uh, you know, I guess so many rollerbladers trying to, oh, we're not gay, you're, you're gay and kind of using that in our vernacular a lot when we're talking in, in, in a certain time i think a lot a lot of people have grown past it but before that was even like a taboo kind of thing uh what that was like and then also to come out on facebook to the blading community um yeah it was pretty powerful time in my life it was five years ago uh or it'll be five years this month i think um i just realized on the platform podcast with David, I misspoke because I remembered the pulse shooting in Orlando being in September, uh, like Labor Day weekend, but I think it was actually like Memorial Day weekend. And then I just realized, I checked my calendar, um, this Saturday is the five year anniversary of that shooting. Um, so it's, it's June 12th, I believe. Uh, and so like a week after that, I ended up coming out um, during that time when I was uh, that weekend, how I found out about that, uh, I was camping uh, and getting ready to leave on a Monday morning to leave camp because for whatever reason, I drove myself. Friends and I were camping like three hours south of here down in Pennsylvania. Um, and I think our schedules didn't align, so we couldn't ride together. So I ended up meeting up with them afterward. And so anyways, we're driving home. Uh, and right before I left, someone came over to our group and said, hey, did you hear about this? There was a shooting uh, in Orlando. There were like 100 people shot. It was like a massacre. Um, and we were all just like, oh, fuck, that's, that's awful. That's terrible. Um, but we didn't know that it was at a gay nightclub. Uh, and I... So I just left and I was listening to the radio on the way home and it came over the radio 
uh, talking about uh, the Pulse Massacre, now, now as we know it, um, and that it was a, a gay nightclub and that 50 people had died. Uh, and normally in that circumstance, I would be driving in a group of friends. Uh, and these are my gay friends I was camping with, by the way. So normally under normal circumstance, I would be driving with them and I wasn't. Uh, and I was like midway, I was like two hours from home. And I remember uh, pulling over and fucking bawling my eyes out. Um, and not really understanding why. <laughs> um, and eventually over the next few days, it kind of, um, I processed it a bit and talked with my mom uh, and to friends about it, but um, uh, decided that I had to do something um, to, I guess, in the same way that uh, we use tragedies like Daniel Prude's being murdered by the RPD to grow and to build um, family and movements and uh, do what we need to do to improve our conditions. Um, that's that was what I had to do was to come out uh, first to my family because I have I wasn't out to all of my family, my immediate family. Uh, and I think then the easiest way to do it was just write a thing on Facebook and uh, and then see I don't know just where the where the the chips fell. So. So that was, I don't remember what the question was right now. <laughs> uh, no, it, it was generally, yeah, just uh, kind of revisiting that. Yeah. yeah. And, and dude, the, 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 all of the, I can't say all, but an overwhelming majority of the responses were positive. Um, and I was going to ask how the support was because I'm sure most of your friends on Facebook were from the Blaney community. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the support was huge. Every, and people were hitting me up from like, I think like Justin from BMAG wanted to do an interview. Uh, Frank, I ended up talking with Frank for a Frank Stoner uh, with BMAG um, about it. That's just, I know Frank uh, better personally than like Frank was my instructor at Woodward when I was like 12 years old. <laughs> so um we just got to kind of reconnect over that but yeah and every, everybody was just super supportive uh, people who weren't they just kind of left and that's fine so um yeah but yeah uh, yeah I, I i i i would uh that's 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 sad to hear you got like uh any negative i i i was yeah, I don't I really think, think that would, would be happen. Generally, you would hope your friends and people who are close to you to be supportive, you know, but it's, uh, it's sad yeah. to hear that there's even any negativity in that. But I thought that yeah. was, when, when I read it for you, I thought that was like, I was stoked for you. I thought that was like really big moment. And it took, you know, I know it's, you know, like, again, I'm not you, but I know it took guts and it took a lot. Like, so I thought that was like, yeah, like that's dope for Tim, you know? That's cool. Yeah. Thank you. I remember you responding. I mean, I, that whole thread was huge, like hundreds of responses and it's still just like kind of overwhelming how just kind people were. Um, 
but like i mean that's a big part of like gay culture like if i meet someone like a new person at the bar or something a lot of the time like within 10 minutes we're talking about our coming out experience um that's like it's universal at this point because of the the struggles that gay people have gone through um in you know the past 50 years it's that it's been documented um so yeah it was it was it I couldn't have anticipated a more, like, warm welcome uh, as far as being on, like, that side of disclosure with people. So, yeah, it was good. That's cool. I bet it felt like a weight off, Oh, right? for sure. Huge. Yeah. And I had just started my, my current job. And uh, to know that, like... I was going to be okay and that like there weren't going to be any repercussions for this. And, and honestly, like before I came out on Facebook, I was still new to the, uh, the shop and there were people calling shit gay and saying faggot and stuff. And after that, immediately it just stopped and there wasn't even any discussion of it. I never had to say anything. It was just like out of respect for me. I think people understood like, Oh shit, that's not right. Um, so it was good. Like yes. all, all around, it was, it was good things. And if people don't want so, me in their life over that, fuck them. I, they can, they can fuck right off. And I'm yeah, not going to name any names. I could name names cause you guys know them, and, but uh, it's fine. It's just not. Well, that's sad. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to hear that. Um, yeah. People like that don't need to be in your life anyway. So I, yeah. And I, I think for some people um, like the people at your shop who might, talk a certain way and then they maybe just never had a, a gay friend or a friend who's a member of the LGBT plus community. And for sure. Um, I, I think that's, and, that's and, 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 and then when they do finally have one, like who's like, Oh, cool. Great person. All, you know, and, and you're like, Oh, maybe I was being a jerk and then you kind of wake up. So mm -hmm. it's, it's, sometimes it just takes that, you know, for someone to, to get it through. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, man, yeah, that's uh. So I guess the after pulse that that would be the thing. Like that probably made you also provoked you to become an activist. Like not and not only come out after that, but to continue moving forward. Probably that might have been a catalyst, right? Um, kind of. Um, I mean, to be honest, I'm not a very active person right now, uh, and I haven't been for years. I. I used to be, then it's, it's kind of, it's ironic, but when I was most active, I was not out, even to my queer friends. Um, it was like a top secret thing. I think some of them had I, I, an idea, but they weren't trying to out me or anything. Um, just out of respect for my privacy. Um, and I burned myself right out uh, doing a lot of the organizing. I was, I was running a newsletter monthly uh, I was going to meetings like every night um, and it sucks to say, and I thought I would never say it, but I just needed to focus on my own shit. Um, and that's what I did. So I haven't been active as far as like going to meetings and organizing and trying to build like legitimate organizations that, that, that do the work. Um, but I'll show up 
uh, when I'm needed, I guess, when, when there's a call for people to, to come out. Um, that's kind of because of uh, my personal life, my job, trying to skate as much as I can. Um, I just don't have the time to, to devote to uh, doing the stuff like I used to. Um, and, but I try and maximize what I can do, at least like with discussions like this. Um, and, and being to being able to kind of set that example and get people thinking about this stuff. Cause, um, it's not just a bunch of angry people in the street wanting to break shit. Um, it's your neighbors and people like me, uh, who have kind of had enough. Um, so that's my, that's my spiel. <laughs> cool. Yeah, you've always been hey. a, like active as far as I remember you for the most part, for the better part of, I don't know, I know you for 15 or more years or something like that. And you've always been like that. So I, I feel like from an outsider's perspective, that hasn't changed about you since that Facebook post. But um, I, when I was, I told you I was talking to Torres earlier and he mentioned something that I would have never thought about before. And he was, he was wondering like, has being like in the closet was that did that hold you back from skating at all like in your skating aspect in any way like did that change the way you skate your demeanor or like how you express yourself on skates comparably to like afterwards because i know it's like obviously a huge weight lifted off your shoulders and you probably feel like a whole new person after that has that changed any way in that aspect of your life that's a really interesting question um yeah i think so uh, I don't know that before I came out, I don't know that I was like butching it up or something. Um, but <laughs> I think since coming out, I'm much, I feel a lot. It's funny. It, I don't, <laughs> it, it Damn, I wish you had like posed this question to me before because <laughs> I'd probably have like a super uh, like poignant answer for it. Um, but I have no problem uh, like waving my arms around now uh, and doing like big wheel tricks or tricks that are kind of of that uh, skating style. Um, and even like wanting it to to be like a fucking ballerina um and doing like mono rolls and uh like the first trick in center where the the song changes uh to grace jones and i do the like one foot on the wall thing mm -hmm. uh around the pyramids at the at in the city here and i then i do a 540 after that um mm -hmm. i definitely wouldn't have done that as a closeted man i don't think really uh yeah um, and it, it's just funny how the song changes to that. And it's like, wow, it's it, look at this fucking kid enjoying his skates. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think there's some of that. Um, and I know that at least like we've started filming again for the next thing that, that I'm making or that I'm whatever it ends up being, I don't have a plan for it right now. Um, but I definitely feel a certain freedom that I didn't necessarily feel uh, five years ago. Um, and also, though, it's not just me. I think, like, skating has taken that turn 
where we're getting weird with it and it's not necessarily just like the mushroom blading guys doing it um it's uh the the two easy guys doing it and um doing like the hand plant the the womp stuff and that shit oh is, yeah it's so sick um so sick so uh like i think that dude skating is is so so awesome right now like it's in such a good direction and uh if i can continue to just like contribute to that in whatever uh goofy like queer way i think it's <laughs> like um i'm happy to do it no, it's it's really cool. I really I really actually like the the more inclusive and unique direction it's taking. And uh, like in the beginning, when I I remember like first seeing Robbie Pitts and not understanding like what was happening because I was from such like a Hammer era, and like just like it's got to be like the the hardest tricks, like you know, kind of. But um, now like I totally understand everything that's happening like and well i wouldn't say totally but I, I have a better understanding of everything that's happening and like robbie pitts is like one of my favorite skaters and i'm just like i love this mm -hmm. skating and it's so funny that like watching the complex thing with them skates that he was actually the person that ended up catching uh you know the attention of kyle from brain dead and, and getting that collaboration yeah. going so it's funny like we i guess like we were like always thinking it's it's got to be like this one way of skating especially from you know you're from, from the old school too so like that but yeah. to see it be so diverse and unique and and see that being the thing that gets the attention of the outside uh cultures and community yeah it's really cool yeah i think years ago we probably would have been like oh no don't show him robbie pitts you know, show him like Sean <laughs> Darst or something uh, yeah. and not realizing that like, dude, the world's changing. <laughs> uh, mm -hmm. And if we're going to like, you know, I, I know that like Mike talks about like back to bladers wanting, like uh, not understanding how and why skating is different than it was 10, 15 years ago, longer than that. Um, I, yeah, it's in such a, it's going in such a great direction right now. And, and to see that um, what you just said about uh, Robbie Pitts being the reason that that collaboration happened or one of the, one of the motivators for it, um, that is like the culture outside of rollerblading uh, kind of uh, impacting rollerblading and making it okay and making it like acceptable. I don't know, I, I think it's just fucking great so yeah no it's the same it's uh it's a really exciting exciting time yeah um but oh, I, I, i'm gonna I, keep this that question in mind uh austin because i think that is something that i really haven't ever thought of mm -hmm. um and i think it's true but i can't really think of specific examples and um and to like keep that mindset when i am skating because i think it it holds a lot of potential for me personally, but also, as I was saying, like what I can do to contribute to, uh, to, to the culture, you know? Mm -hmm. so. Yeah. I feel like there might've been more or less something that was like subliminally like suppressed kind of in the back of your mind, maybe while you were skating at a certain time in your life or whatever. But I, I, as I was like thinking about it also, I was curious if you were going to say, a particular instance or thinking back on the clip you did or something like that, where you might've had some sort of mental block that, you know, triggers a, a memory or something, but nothing um, comes to mind. I'm, I'm guessing. 
Yeah. No, not that I can think of offhand. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Um, but th- that is actually it's, it's, that's a good question because like I, I didn't think of that either because um, yeah, it's like you had like so much of your time skating where I guess you were the term would be you're in the closet and then come out after. I wonder if that is. Yeah, that's a, that's it. That is a good question. If it's like affecting skating or something like that, because yeah, yeah, skating is cool. kind of everyone always talks about skating being a, a freedom like expression, you know, and and, and words did that way, which what I yes. feel like <laughs> that transition in your life would be very similar to that. So it makes perfect sense yeah, when you think sure. about it. Um, but also, I mean, skating has been just like I, people say this all the time, like, oh, I don't know where I would be right now if it wasn't for skating. Um, like people, you know. I could have got into like drugs or, you know, that got me out of selling drugs or um, I, you know, brought me out of my depression or whatever, you know, we, we hear these examples all the time. Um, and that's definitely true for me. Cause like skating was my distraction from my awkward teenage years um, and gave me like, you know, I, I wasn't like a big, I was kind of like, I grew up in, a single parent house with two older sisters so i was kind of on my own doing my own thing i was alone a lot of the time growing up um and i think that i was good at sports but i didn't enjoy it um and once i found rollerblades and started doing that by myself um it was kind of an escape from that like like what else am i going to do uh like climb a tree and like (laughs) uh and and so like it it just skating it just worked out perfectly for me um and then coming into like you know adolescence and meeting mike and just like growing up and having just like badass people around me uh, pushing me to develop my own skating um, and helping them to develop theirs. Um, it was just, it was so pivotal for me. And if I didn't have that, like, who knows where I'd be like that. It's, it's just a, such a universal story. Um, just cause we don't know. Uh, but I know I'm better off for it. So. Mm-hmm. so yeah. yeah. People often say skating is like their outlet, you know, pretty much. And it's for everybody, whether it's, you're going through a hard time in life, uh, just relieving stress. You need some, uh, like, you know, a mental break from life. It, it's perfect for all that stuff. And, you know, going through something like you went through, I would imagine being a heavy, you know, piece of therapy to, to have in your life at that time. For sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank, for thank sure. you, skating. <laughs> it says, thank you, skating. Oh, thanks to the Blade guys. <laughs> thanks to the Blade thanks guys. The Blade guys are always there for us. Always. <laughs> I pray to the blade gods every day. I said, please don't rain today, please, please. <laughs> um, we're going to open it up for questions in a bit. But um, I actually have like a curious question that I'm not sure if I should ask, but I kind of want to ask. And, but I'm going to ask. It on me. So hopefully don't take offense. It's coming from just a curious place. Uh, you know, as a friend and someone who I've, I've known you for a long time. Um, so we're like close to the same age. Um, you ended up kind of coming out later in life, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Right. So was it something like you were confused about or that you like knew for a while, but didn't, weren't sure to come out or not? 
Um, <clears throat> no, I was just, I, I knew I was gay since I like hit puberty, since I like had my first crush on my teacher or whatever. Um, that was like never uh, a question for me. Um, but I think I just wasn't ready. Um, Cause I mean, truthfully, I had a partner that was super top secret for um, almost eight years from when I was Whoa. 20 till I was about 27, 28. Um, and so that, I mean, yeah, like I was in a committed relationship uh, for, yeah. for that period of okay. time. Yeah. And it sucks that I, you know, it's hard to say like, oh, I've got no regrets, whatever, because I think that uh, that was a part of my life that I didn't get to share with the people who were close with me. My mom never met him. <laughs> uh, and like, it just, it's, it sucks, but that's where I was at the time. Um, and so, yeah, like looking back, I wish I had just come out when I was, you know, 17, 18, the age when most people do. Um, <clears throat> but I, I hope But I also that... think society was different then too, you know? I think it's yeah, easier think so. yeah. now, yeah. I think. I, I'm like from the outside point of view, of course, but I yeah. it seems I, like I it's agree. gotten it is, better. Yeah, it's gotten better. Um, and I think also seeing, I mean, not to like... It, in skating it's it's not really uh a big thing because what young people i know i know they exist i just don't see them so in my mind yeah i want to be that example for young people uh who are questioning or who, who think they're queer or whatever to to come out and at least like dude if you're watching feel free to contact me <laughs> um but uh i think that for like i have nieces and nephews and I want them to know that their gay uncle is here for them. Uh, and just I, all young people in general, like I've had car people reach out to me who are uh, closeted and, or that are out. Um, and there's a whole like subculture of all these other different subcultures that uh, kind of incorporates, like there's a community for you, whether you're skating or whether you're, um, like a car person that's just my my two main focuses um but there are there are queer spaces for you um so so yeah it's i wish i had done it sooner but since i can't i might as well just kind of put it out there and um uh try to to welcome people in it's it's probably also like empowering to be that person to to have like people feel comfortable to reach out who are you know closeted or out you know in re both respective communities whether it's in in skating or in the car community and just you know looking to you for strength because you're out like hey you know you know I'm out and it's cool and yeah yeah so. and it makes it makes my life more comfortable I, I like to build connections with people through like common interests um and there i have countless facebook friends i've never met in real life but that like i can't wait to if i'm ever in like boise idaho 
uh, there's this this car dude named Bo, and he has given me like so much information. He's kind of like a like a nerd, like an electrical, like a wiring nerd, and I'm really bad at that stuff with my car. And just I was like, hey, he he happened to message me one day, and I was like, yeah, I'm doing this. Like, here's my rat's nest of uh, took a picture of what I was working on, and he's like, well, what's the problem? And I started explaining it to him, and he like walked me through. <laughs> every wire to connect and then my car was running like the next day um just because this commonality that we have um and i didn't know he was that you know genius of a dude he just he is uh and i would never have had that connection uh had we not connected through being car people and also both being gay you kind of build that other um commonality yeah, you mentioned that's like cool. yeah, you mentioned uh, like like obviously showing your support if anyone you know needs someone to talk to reach out to you. Um, but you also mentioned earlier about like there's certain Facebook groups like a lot of education and other people you know like support group kind of thing. Um, do are there any specific ones that you want to like mention so that people could have a place to go to for this? Um, shit, yeah. Can we put them in like the like the footnotes or something? Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll do that in the YouTube description. You can send me them later yeah. to go through. I think like, that, that's a good that's idea. Probably, to... That's probably easier than just me rattling off a bunch of words. Okay. Because um, I want to say uh, Phil's group is uh, Wheels and Feels, but I know that I don't think that's right. And that might be the podcast that they. But that's a really good one. If people want to get involved, reach out to me. I'll send you all the information you need. But we'll we'll put the information in the in the footnotes. Okay, we'll we'll do that then. Because uh, yeah, for anybody who's listening, I guess check this out on YouTube and get the the links in there. Tim's Tim, you're frozen a little bit. You you hear us? You see us? I do hear and see you. My I can see that it's going very slow right now. Yeah, it's it's it looks like it's catching up slowly. But uh, I just want to make sure you're still there. Yeah. I'll just stop moving. <laughs> Make a pretty face so it stays that way longer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Pose. Um, so should we open up for questions? Well, we're going to open it up for questions in a bit. But um, before we do, and I don't mean to put you on the spot, but um, you were talking about before the like uh, there were some things you wanted to mention. And I know the trans youth – uh, was was one of them, but uh, before we got into questions, I was I was curious if you had uh, another topic that you thought would be good to bring up since we're on the platform. Um, I'm sorry for putting you on the spot. <laughs> no, you're good. Um, okay, I think I touched on most of it, um, but I think the main, I guess. Point that I want to push people toward is the idea of allyship and being a true ally to um, to queer people, um, and that is sometimes, you know, it's not always just like someone's bullying someone at the skate park, uh, and you have to speak up uh, or not. Of course, that is appreciated because I love when I don't have to do it. Um, but truthfully, that doesn't happen all that often. Um, and so I think 
um, I guess like what I want to push people toward is to like really embrace me and people like me uh, and be okay with even celebrating um, pride. Um, like, Bill, by the way, congratulations on your engagement. <laughs> um, Thank you. It's super random. It's kind, of, it's kind of an odd time to bring this up. But, mm. like, in thinking of, like, celebrating and, like, when I saw your, your Instagram post and, like, you had, like, a picture and then you had another picture and then you had, like, the video, um, I was just, like, cheering and, like, just so happy for you. Um, oh, thank you that, that you're that you're like building a life with with someone you love and that you're like starting like something that's going to last like the rest of your life like it's it's huge like you found that person um and like i i would hope that if i were if i'm ever in your shoes that people would celebrate uh my own journey in that same way um, and to understand that, like, I've, my history in that it's much less likely that it's going to happen for me. Um, because I, to be frank, an entire generation was wiped out by AIDS. Um, and there's a lot of really good, uh, uh, information about that. I think uh, there's a great show on Netflix right now that walks you through the different decades of LGBT history and the just absolute neglect and slaughter that the, the gay community faced in the 80s just due to straight up neglect uh, from any government action. Um, and I think that especially with the way uh, even through the Trump presidency, how the COVID uh, response was handled and how quickly these vaccinations were like, you know, relatively slow, but how quickly they were developed and like that kind of shit could have happened in the 80s and it just didn't. Um, and so a lot of people talk about how many more queer and trans kids there are these days and, you know, uh, Generation Z and uh, uh, us millennials. <clears throat> and the reality is there's not an uptick in queer people out there. It's just that we lost an entire generation. Um, so, uh, man, now I'm really rambling, but. No, that's, that's, just, a, that's, a, that's, a, that's a, that's a crazy point. I, I, I never, I mean, I knew that AIDS hit the, that community, the LGBT community, uh, very hard during that time but that makes yeah. that makes a lot of sense yeah i'm i'm fortunate to know a lot of older folks who lived through it um and survived it and are still healthy and still doing great and um there's a lot of just really amazing stories there's there's an instagram page that i follow and i wish i had writ written it down uh but it's i think it's called the aids memorial um, and so every day they'll post 
probably like six to ten and maybe more series of photos of people who were lost to AIDS in the 80s and 90s and, and really through today. Um, and these are some of the most talented, uh, amazing, creative, beautiful people that like that are not around and that like we lost uh, just tragically. And I mean, there are friends of mine that were like, dude, I lost everyone I know, <laughs> like everyone I knew back then, they all just died. Um, and people had to just kind of restart. Um, and I think it's important for young people who are LGBTQ uh, to know about this history and to respect that history, uh, but also for our straight allies to also know that history and understand that like when our rights are under attack, like all of our rights are under attack because it's not just queer people who died. Um, so uh, it's so heavy and it's like, <laughs> um, no, that's, that, that, that's, that, that's important because like, yeah, I didn't, yeah. yeah what's the, what's, the, what's another... the, thing, the thing on Netflix, by the way, what is that called? Um, uh, I think it's called pride. pride. Um, and it goes back to like the fifties and then through current day, uh, um, goes through decade by decade uh, through the history. And it's, it's just really fantastic. Um, but there was another one that I just found last night and was listening. Uh, I didn't get through it because I needed to go to bed. Um, but I'll send that to you guys because that one is specifically about the AIDS crisis. And it just just was released, I think, last night on one of those, hmm. not like, um, who does Mike work for? Uh, like the online Doris? media. Yeah. Oh, um, uh, Vice. No. Vice. It's, I think it's a Vice documentary and it's like an hour and a half long and it takes you through the, the AIDS crisis and it's, um, it's kind of heavy, but it, most of it is set in current day, um, like survivors talking about, um, you know, people who are my age or even younger um who are living uh with hiv and uh and it's 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 a really powerful uh tool i'm only like 45 minutes in so i can't uh speak to the whole thing but that's something that we should i don't and i don't know what it's called offhand because i'm my phone is recording me but um let's include that in the show notes too if we can a neglected pandemic good. probably yeah. yeah yeah that's it because it's based on like, okay, we got through COVID, but here's what happened before COVID. This isn't the first right. time this has happened. And that's why like, I like right now in, in Rochester here, uh, I'm vaccinated. Uh, most of the people I know are vaccinated because most of the people I know are gay. <laughs> uh, and understand that uh, how pandemics work. And I think the message has been passed down that we need to trust science and we need to, to do this thing. So if I go out to like a grocery store or a gas station, I'm still wearing a mask just because that's, uh, I think right now the right thing to do in general public. But if I go to the gay bar, I know those motherfuckers are all vaccinated. <laughs> uh, and, and so fortunately, like, I think we're able to, 
uh, we have that history and are able to, to, um, to, yeah, to get, get the fucking vaccine people. Come on. Right. <laughs> I never made the correlation from, uh, like the AIDS pandemic to the COVID pandemic, but that's a lot more relatable to people, I think. Yeah. People who live through it. So, yeah. So, yeah. Um, well, I think we should open it up for questions. What do you think? Let's do it. Yeah. You good, you good, Tim? You ready for the heat right now? Yeah, bring it on. This is when the show really starts. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> well, we're going to kick it off with the Super Chatters because, uh, yep. like we say every episode, we split our Super Chats with our guests and we prioritize Wait, so the Super Chat questions. How does that work? So I, you guys are paying me? Yeah. We're not paying you. They The Super Chatters will be paying you. But yes. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll get just, your info later. <laughs> okay. Just just so that people know, whatever comes through the Super Chat, I'm going to be donating uh, to Rochester L LGBT uh, Mutual Aid, uh, which is just a Facebook group where uh, LGBT people can post if they're having a hard time paying their bills or they need to buy fucking diapers or whatever they need. Um, and people just say, hey, here, I'm going to Venmo you this. Uh, and it's just a matter of taking care of each other. So um, keep that in mind. If you guys want to kick in a little bit more, uh, it's not going to me. It's going to people who need it. So and that, that's the same. That's the same reason, like Mike and I donated the money. That wasn't just me who donated the money from uh, um, from later union for that edit. Center, uh, yeah. I I brought it up to Mike and he was like, dude, I don't need the money. And I was like, I don't need the money either. And so we just donated it to a homeless shelter here in Rochester. Um, so I think it's important to put our resources to use uh, if we're doing okay, especially during these times. So absolutely. So just, just for, so you all know, um, yeah, well, if, if people want to donate, just do it. Cool. That's awesome, dope. Tim. Awesome. Um, so we're going to kick it off with the super chatters. Hopefully more come in to support this great cause. Um, the first one is from Greg Pilato who says, Tim, you're the man. Thanks for making blading and Rochester look awesome. Thanks, Greg. Greg's a local old school dude that comes to the skate park every so often. He's been involved with the uh, Rochester Skate Park, uh, the Rock City Park. So good dude. Nice, Greg. Thanks for the super chat. Uh, next one from Michaela Petrowski, who says, happy pride, Tim. <laughs> happy pride, Michaela. She's the best. Uh, another one from Greg. Uh, exit Chaffer garbage plate shout out. All home fries for the win. <laughs> oh that's like the worst <laughs> it's like so dry uh but thanks for the super chat <laughs> uh sean michelson says props for my favorite sinner keep fighting the good fight tim thanks sean Hell yeah, that's thanks, uh sean. you guys remember crack baby from the uh um bitter cold showdown days like the early bitter cold showdown crack baby <laughs> i wasn't at the first like I wasn't like the first like five bitter colds maybe or something. Oh, like okay. That. That's what everyone called him. That was like his nickname, but he, he's <laughs> such a good dude. Sean Michelson is crack baby. Yeah. <laughs> That's good to know. He owned a clothing company called like uh, crack deal or something. <laughs> and it was one of those things. You just get a bunch of t-shirts and sell them at bitter cold. And that was his company. I think he's bringing <laughs> back it. 
I think he's bringing back another company uh, uh, that was fast forward, and now it's uh, something else. But uh, yeah, he's a Chicago dude. Very cool dude. Hell yeah, Sean. Thank you. You've been a, a loyal supporter of this podcast. So thank you so much, Sean. We appreciate that. Shout out, Crack Baby. <laughs> uh, the Wax Toaster says, big fans of you as a skater and human being. Oh, thanks, guys. I, I, I just started listening to their podcast. It's awesome. Yeah, it's, it's really cool. Uh, yeah, they one. just uh, had, had a new one with Jeremiah Doherty. So I check saw that, that one up out. Thing. I, I got to get oh, to shit, that. I haven't yeah. listened to that yet. Yeah, it just I came out. I haven't seen Jeremiah in a long time. That I mean, either. Yeah. Uh, Sean Michael sent another one and says, well, then here's another donation. Thank you, bro. Oh, sick. Thank you, Sean. And another one from Michaela also. I'm just donating more to help your community. Nice. It's good to see all this support. Thank you guys so much. We have a super chat from Alex Hogan. Says, no question. Just want to say Sinner was incredible and want to contribute to a great cause. Did it pop up? Shout out Hogan. Hoagie, it won't let your super... Oh, there we go. Oh, there it is. Had to get him on the screen. Thank you, Alex. And our last super chat for now is from Mike Torres, who says, Mike Torres. (laughs) 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 Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Mike. And that's all the super chat is for now. So let's break into some of these questions. Um, Drew, Drew Backrack... From Under the Influence, Shit. the big Drew back yeah. we just had on movie night not too long ago says, "Who's your fave up and coming blader?" Ah, uh, favorite up and coming blader. Uh, I'll have to consult my list of skaters that I wrote down because uh, I figured there'd be this question. <laughs> um, <laughs> consult the list, <laughs> and the the problem is, like most of these skaters, they're not really up and coming but they're just not like pros. Um, my favorite skater right now is Cody Lampman. Uh, he's also one of my favorite human beings. Uh, but he's like maybe a couple years younger than I am. So, uh, and he's not like sponsored or anything, but I mean, I assume you guys saw his most recent uh, edit. And um, that was like a game changer for me. I, I was just blown away. Um, but as far as up and coming, um, I'd say uh, Parker Richardson, uh, you guys' most recent guest. Um, Episode 98. Yeah, I love seeing anything he does. Really all the two easy I guys. I just don't know uh, how what the ages are with those guys. Um, but like him, uh, Jordan Williams out in California, everything he posts on Instagram, I'm just like inspired by. Uh, and even back when he, cause I know he's not young, but I remember him being pretty young on like BMAG and posting his clips. And he always ha- was on like the cutting edge of like different trends and like fashions and skating, uh, which I don't know why that's like sticks in my, in my mind, but, um, yeah. Uh, anxiety life and rat fuck on instagram that's <laughs> i <laughs> i had to write their names down because i know them as their instagram names and same with uh uh yandriel uh mm-hmm. angsty teen crying on instagram because mm-hmm. <laughs> because that's how i see people's uh uh content is just through instagram so yeah props to those guys um yeah 
Those are very good selections. I love all those guys skating. Yeah. Um, I would imagine your choice being very picky because you're such a, uh, your skating is so pristine and like refined. I feel like you would have to like people like that as well. Uh, I'm not sure I agree, but thank you. I know, you're not, I know you're not going to agree. <laughs> Generous but take it. Yeah, I know you're not going to agree, but everyone knows that I'm right with that statement. <laughs> well, like, it's funny because, like, if I were to try and have, like, a, like, participate in a game of skate or something, there's just no point in even doing it. Like, I, that's just not. <laughs> what do you mean? Uh, like, if, like, Austin, if you and I were to try and play a game of skate on, like, a P-rail or a ledge, my opening trick would be, like, a, like frontside. a frontside. <laughs> that, that's a different type of skater. People who are like good at um, games of skating and stuff like that. Like, like uh, I, w- I was just going to say this, like the Kelso type of skater, someone who like grew up skating P rails and boxes and stuff like that, who have like super yeah. large strict vocabularies. Like that's a different yeah. type of person to play and skate than, than the majority yeah. of us. I feel. So it's yeah. Like the, you, you doesn't can, agree you, with me you, right now. <laughs> I could tell. No, you, you can, you can tell a good skater not by, how many tricks they do, but how good their topsole is. Oh, really? You got a good topsole. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I think it's, you know, how good their sole grind, how good their topsole is, how good, like, you know, that's... Why the topsole? Those are the things. I Not just think Royale? it's like Royales are in there, a, you know. Because I got a banging topsole. Because you got a banging topsole. Come on. A solid topsole. <laughs> so <laughs> I would start that game of skate with a topsole. Right there. That's and it. I would... Retired. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. One trick game is game. Well, I'll let you know right now, I have a topsail, so you ain't gonna get me on a letter on that. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> um, we got a few more questions, but but we also have some more super chats. Uh, Jeff Metz says, "Thanks for sharing your story. Thank you very much, Jeff." Thanks, Jeff. And uh, Ray Mendez says, "One of my favorite Jump Street episodes ever." Skaters talking about important topics that impact our community, not just skating. We're all skaters, but we're people first. Shout out, Ray. Thanks, Ray. Thank you very much. Thanks, Ray. Yeah, Ray does an incredible work. Uh, I know he's in the the book discussion group. uh, Yeah, he said it was Wheels and Feels. He he, uh, confirmed that in the chat when he said it. Okay. Yeah, so um, I've I've only been able to participate in like a couple of those... um, discussions just because they always fall on like a sunday and uh i'm just not available a lot of the time but just Mm -hmm. the the kind of work i think ray was behind a lot of that and i know the kind of work he does getting uh youth involved in inline skating and it's just that he's such a solid dude so thank you ray shout out ray mendez good guy definitely ray's also in the background of the next movement uh <laughs> is he with yeah he, like chris edwards is like freestyling uh and ray is there he's got like like a uh like a i don't know some kind of cloth on his head because he's all sweaty and he's just like vibing in the background <laughs> and i can just remember myself being like a like an 11 or 12 year old kid sitting there recording chris edwards and be like damn this is the culture this is <laughs> yeah <laughs> this so, is the culture ray mendes with a towel on his head yeah, and Chris Edwards oh, freestyling. And Chris Edwards freestyling is the culture. <laughs> well, I'll go ahead and say that because yeah, yeah, that's not an unusual thing. Yeah, for that's sure. dope. <laughs> All 
Um, Doug Williams says, Tim, first, thank you for being you because you are an amazing person. My question for you, where do you see your skating going now that we are going to be in our 40s soon? Ooh, that is a rough question. Hmm. I took that personal. Brought up the Doug, 40s. Why are, you up, why, are you bring, why are you bringing up the obvious? Come on, Doug. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, thank you, Doug, for that. Uh, Doug has been, Doug is on my list of my favorite skaters right now. Uh, Doug and Scott Hatton always post on Instagram all these clips of them skating their, like, what is probably some of the worst skate parks I've ever seen <laughs> uh, and just having so much fun doing it. Um, so Doug, thank you for that. Um, as far as my skating, as I approach my forties, uh, I don't plan to stop anytime soon. Um, I'm feeling pretty good. Uh, definitely uh, being more selective about what I skate when I'm going street skating and filming and stuff. Um, but haven't slowed down much. It's just a matter of, uh, making the time to do it. Um, and I think my skating is going to be a lot more, <clears throat> uh, basic <laughs> in the next probably four to five years. But, uh, there's, there's Rufus. Shout out Rufus. Look at Rufus. He's, give he's him a awake. good, give him a good pet for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Good boy, Rufus. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I think that my skating is going to just continue down the path. It's, it's been going, um, I have a way of, uh, finding tricks that somehow are impressive to other people, but are most of the time pretty easy for me. Uh, and I like doing that kind of shit. Um, and it really, I don't know, I vibe off of what other people are doing. Um, so my skating is probably going to go in a similar direction to, where other people skating goes people that inspire me so yeah looking forward to seeing what he what he does as well into his 40s because he doesn't seem like he's stopping anytime soon either also huge advocate for lgbtq people uh it's just always so refreshing to see like he got a new pride flag and just hung it up and made a post about it and it's just like oh like that's just so awesome so Shout out to Doug. Doug's a great guy. Um, Can I ask this question my... by Michaela first? Over here. Oh, sorry, I didn't I see. Yeah. yeah. Um, Michaela asks, was skating something that you that you felt helped you gain the confidence to come out? It was for me. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, knowing that... I don't know. I think I've always been somewhat like pretty well respected and, and liked in, in rollerblading. Um, and to have that to, for me to have that to like, as a cushioning to like ease the blow of like, well, you know, just imagine like, Oh, someone that might not be like kind of cool with that, but be like, all right, well, but it's Tim. So I guess I'll like, I'm not going to say shit. Um, and then hopefully that has changed. That attitude has changed and, you know, and, more recent years. Um, but yeah, having just absolutely. Yeah. The answer is yes. I think having a skill that you're good at and that people recognize you for, uh, is totally helpful for these kind of challenging times and life decisions and all that stuff. So, and to have the community and friends around me, 
um, I'm confident that they're going to be supportive. So it's huge. Yeah, especially your crew in Rochester. You had a bunch of sweet angels. Mike, Mike, Grant, and a lot of just sweet guys. It's a good crew. Yeah, so, for sure. Yeah. yeah, they're the best. Oh, and Grant had already yeah. come out. Grant did the hard work for me. I didn't need to, like, <laughs> I knew I was going to be accepted. So, um, yeah, shout outs to Grant. Huge shout out, Grant. And he's just forever been past few years just non-stop ripping so yeah he's a yeah. ripper yeah. hardcore non-stop love the hair flip i gotta say big fan of the hair flip <laughs> grant also Sorry. loves the hair flip <laughs> <laughs> but um okay speaking of mike torres mike torres has a question um do you think that being in the closet during your peak years of skating affected your willingness to achieve any kind of success slash notoriety in skating can you recall any instance of holding yourself back interesting question mm -hmm. oh yeah it's possible i think what he's talking about is um not pursuing like sponsorships and not like reach out and um even kind of going back to michaela's question about confidence uh, that's very possible that I was just not quite sure of myself to the extent where I thought I could really represent a brand or, um, uh, do things the right way, like in that regard. Uh, yeah, that's, that's very possible. I've really, I've honestly never thought about it like that, but, uh, I always put it as like the surface level. Uh, and I even talked about it on the, um, um, on David's podcast, the uh, platform podcast that, uh, um, I wanted USD, for example, to approach me and say, Hey, we love your skating and we want you to do this thing. But like, I think the reality might be like, now that Mike brings it up that I just didn't have the confidence to, to pursue that, um, But I don't know. Um, that, that's an interesting question. I mean, these are all things that I'll be uh, thinking about for a long time. So thanks for that question, Mike. Shout out Mike Torres. Thanks for stumping our guest, right. Mike. We got a couple more questions. And I think this uh, next question is actually a good segue into from the last question. Uh, Frank Franco Sorella says, were you on USD Flow, or what made you want to ride the UFS Thrones, and what made you try M12s and other skates later in the game? Um, yeah, I was uh, on USD Flow. Uh, I think around, I don't even know when it was, probably like 2008. Um, they flowed me a pair of skates through uh, Mark at 616. Uh, Mark, uh, what's his name? He was doing integrated distribution. I'm trying to think of it too. I can't believe I can't think of his name. Yeah. Vander. So like... Vanderbo? Va Vanderbo? Vanderbo. Yeah. yeah. No, wait. Mark Van. Mark Corte? Maybe? Mark. Uh, Mark Corte? Mark Smith. I don't know. <laughs> no, that was. Uh, anyways, uh, shit. 
Um, Mark. We'll just call him Mark for now. <laughs> yeah. Um, he was the owner of Six... Yeah, Mark Vanderbilt? Yeah, I think yeah, that's Ma- it. Yeah, Mark Vanderbilt, yep. Yeah. Um, yeah, so anyway, he was running integrated distribution, and they pulled me a pair of skates. Because uh, I had been... I was going to skate them no matter what. Like, I, I liked the skates. Um, UFS Thrones kind of replaced the classic thrones that had like the the juice system um and that was my preference but they stopped making them they had the giant like tumor plates now and uh, i wasn't interested in that so i always skated um ufs thrones with the old school three-piece uh soles because they had that that flat edge that you could really get down and like set slide on and do those kind of moves um Mm -hmm. and I actually found a pair of those skates on like the blade trade the other day. And I was like, damn, I could, oh shit. There were like two, this person was selling two pairs of like pretty mint condition UFS thrones. Um, and the thought crossed my mind, but I was like, nah, um, I'm happy with what I'm skating now. But, uh, but to answer your question, yeah, I was flow for USD for years. Um, and just the opportunity never really came up. And as Mike was sort of alluding to, I didn't take, I didn't, I didn't jump into it. So it kind of just fizzled. Um, and I'm okay with that. I don't think I would have been a very good, like pro or am skater with like actual responsibilities <laughs> back then. Um, so, but yeah. And then once that sort of fizzled, uh, I think like SSM was big. And so I bought a pair of those and, um, then got a pair of M12s, and uh, now I'm on like my third or fourth pair of thems. I actually have two setups now, and uh, one's gray and one's black, and I haven't even skated the black ones yet. I've just been holding on to them. <clears throat> I feel like two you always, setups. Are... I was gonna say I feel like you were somebody who somehow went under the radar and never became M or pro, or even know a lot of people know who you are, and you threw down a ton of sections over the years that a million people saw it's still like you never got the recognition. I think you should have gotten as far as being like yeah. one of the most underrated skaters. Yeah. Thanks for that. Um, I, I, yeah, I can't disagree with that. I, I think I, at my peak, uh, however you want to describe that when I was like really hungry for like skating back when, like when we were going to Arizona every year, uh, yeah. like doing those trips um that was a really fun time um and i don't know it's too bad but like that's rollerblading and it's still fun for me and i i don't really regret any anything like that because who knows i could have gone to like barcelona or something and gotten hurt or not skated well and gotten disillusioned that way and started to hate it so i don't know it's all good yeah you're not in a bad spot but so a little more recognition from some brands would have been nice, you know? Yeah, for sure. But like, I mean, here I am on your podcast and that's pretty nice. Like, <laughs> and to hear like, I mean, like, I I do look up to you guys. Uh, I mean, you guys were like Billy when, uh, like when the Mind Game video came out, uh, I was just floored with your skating and like I knew you from like bitter cold and we probably met a couple of times before then, but it was just like really like 
you were like my one of my favorite skaters at that point um and like austin like you're the same way i i i, I think i've spent more time with you like in person austin mm -hmm. um but like i'm always impressed by like what you guys are doing and uh and what you guys are doing with this podcast i think it's just really great thank you i appreciate that thanks so much tim tim and yeah as long as i've known you i've always loved your skating from even i think at this point i I would say at least 15 years ago or more seeing your skating. Oh, it's got to be 20 years now. So, Hey, yeah. guys. The dogs are going Stop. nuts over there. Stop it. <laughs> I see Rufus like sticking his head up like he has dogs barking. Yeah. I'm sorry about that. I'm sorry. Dude, they're, um, just doing their, they're just being dogs. They're just being dogs. <laughs> they're just doing dog things. Doing dog things. They're, norm they're normally good, but I don't know what's happening. Maybe someone. They made it 98 podcasts without house. barking. <laughs> yeah they've done pretty good all right um first of all thank you so much tim for that and i've always been a huge fan of your skating and it's really good to see you still skating and you know doing your thing and be contributing to the community and a leader uh in your own right like as a member of the community and the and lgbt community in skating you know so yeah. that's uh it's really cool to see uh yeah but we have one more question here um, from Franco Sorella. And I like this question because it, it kind of, I think it kind of relates to Doug's question and uh, relates to myself, uh, us getting older. Franco Sorella says, Tim, what motivates you to keep ripping? Hmm. I think the people around me, uh, my, my immediate crew of people I stay with, uh, Grant, Nate, our friend Troy, and also like other bladers in Rochester that I don't get to see as often as I'd like to. Um, yeah, we're getting older and uh, it's like, we're only gonna be able to do this shit for so many more years. Um, and I mean, I honestly, I don't see myself ever really stopping skating period um but uh i think the clock is ticking as far as being able to do some of the larger stuff that that i want to do like i've got a list of stunts in rochester stuff that like i tried in the past and i didn't land that i need to go back to um and i plan to do a lot of that this summer once i'm in like peak uh skating mode because it takes <laughs> our schedule for skating is like you know we go through winter especially like a covid winter where you weren't doing anything um like personally i gain weight i gain like 10 pounds and then i lose it once the summer kicks in so it's damn and garbage as plates. <laughs> yeah i wish it was the garbage plates uh but <laughs> um but once we get to like June, July, and we're skating like consistently every weekend and, and I start working out more, um, then I can start being just more comfortable and confident on my skates and get into a lot of the bigger stuff that I want to do. If I were to jump into something uh, more dangerous right now, it could be my, the end of my summer, you know? Um, yeah, for sure. So being smart about that kind of shit and plan stuff out like okay i'm not ready for this yet but let's go over here we'll still get some some clips and footage and um that's kind of how i've been doing it as far as just pacing myself um 
but knowing that like getting the response I got from the center edit um, and knowing that that like is in its own way um, potentially pushing people to, to skate or incorporate different movements into their stuff. Um, I think that keeps me going for sure. So, yeah. Cool. Um, yeah, I agree. Uh, that like sometimes, you know, you get a little out of shape and you're like, Oh, I can't, I'm not ready for it. But then when like you're going to the gym, doing the right thing, easing in, like you could start to ease in more and you got to be conscious of that. Like, uh, you know, when you get to your mid mid thirties over there and late thirties. Yeah. Us, us Northeastern um, people, skaters, we definitely have that like grace period where like it starts to get warm again where you need to like get back into the flow of things. Your legs need to start working again. You need to like your mm-hmm. muscles need to start, you know, get the blood flowing a little more than after like that first month or something like that. You're like, yeah. all right, I'm good. Yeah. And that's where I'm at right now. Um, so. Well, it's already June, Tim. You better pick it up. I know. <laughs> it was that garbage plate today. I'm telling you. <laughs> we have a new super chat here from uh 17 BKS who says, do people actually use NOS in street racing? <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so NOS is like a certain brand of nitrous that was popularized in Fast and Furious. Yeah. Um, but there are, di- there are a bunch of different uh, brands that make nitrous. And yeah, you basically, it's like, uh, I, I don't use it because I think it's just kind of silly when you could just make have a turbo on your car and make that power all the time. But I don't know, for whatever people, forever, whatever reason, people like to fill a tank with nitrous and shoot that into their intake and uh, make more power that way. And then after like five races, your tank is empty and you got to go spend a hundred bucks to refill it, but whatever. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't know, people still use NAS. Yeah. There's also NAS. Fast and the Furious. Yeah. I mean, Fast and Furious, dude, that's, that's, I was like 16 when that shit came out. That got me into it, so whatever. And hey, that's I gotta say, when they hit the NOS, <laughs> that was a really cool moment. Like hit yeah. it, hit the button. <laughs> yeah, yeah they dude, start ripping. Sick. Yeah, <laughs> it's cool. Um, okay, we got another super chat in, and uh, one more question. Uh, Habib O Seven says, "Let's go show them what soul skating is all about." Brink soul skaters. All right. Fair enough. All right. Let's all show them. Right. Let's show them. All right. Let's do I back it. it. Um, and yeah. we also ha- yeah, fuck shifties, soul skaters. <laughs> oh, I think I think I was actually on shifties the like the second uh, round. Don't tell me that, Tim. Don't tell me. Okay, that. take that back. Take yeah, it back, don't tell Austin. Me that, Tim. Don't tell I, me that. I sold out. <laughs> sold but, out. You know, I, I learned you the error brink. of my ways. You are brink. I learned the error of my ways. I quit USD, and uh, been a soul skater ever since. i will take uh, one more question and uh, aaron schultz asks have you checked out the vice piece on legendary pro skateboarder brian anderson coming out any opinions or criticisms of how that turned out hope all is well my bad if this was covered earlier um no it hasn't come up earlier uh brian anderson uh, if it's the same person I'm thinking of, he's probably around like our age, uh, and he uh, he came out like a month after I did. And fucking, I was like, yo, he stole my thunder. 
<laughs> um, but and I meant to reach out to him around that time, and I just never did. Um, because it turns out we actually like vacation at the same place, and I like I might see him in uh, Provincetown, Massachusetts this summer. Um, so it would be cool to link up with him. Um, so maybe I'll do that. But no, I haven't seen the documentary. Um, I've only I, I don't know I I. I'm only really exposed to the media that I happen to come across and I just haven't, I haven't come across it. So, but I will look into it because it sounds interesting. And I always like to hear other people's stories um, and their experiences. Cause I, I honestly doubt that it was very different from mine. Um, I should probably be better about, uh, um, I guess, reaching out and, and, or uh, doing more research on my own <clears throat> about stuff like that. Cause I think it's, it's uh it's useful and it's it's helpful for for my own growth and for my own perspective so yeah i'll check that out cool um yeah i didn't i don't know who brian anderson is but uh, yeah. after this podcast i have so many cool things to watch it's cool so um, <laughs> yeah my netflix is gonna get rinsed tonight mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> um or not just netflix whatever everything else um yeah. well tim uh, I want to say thank you for joining us and thank you for talking so openly about things that are very personal to you and things that are important to you um, and relevant and yeah, important to get out there and talk about. Um, before we say goodbye, I, I would like to, uh, no, I would just ask, do you have any last things to say or places people can go? Uh, I think Austin already asked that, but just final things to say, shout out. I don't know. Um, nothing too specific. I, uh, I think we covered a lot. Um, I, I would just encourage people to like, if you felt moved to do some more research or reading or to, I don't know, like write your representatives, um, reach out to me if you, if you want to, even if you want to just talk about whatever, um, or just say hi, uh, I'm, I'm around, uh, I might not be the fastest to respond. Um, but uh, I'm always happy to hear from people who skate and hear my message or go through uh, similar experiences and, uh, and to hear their feedback. Uh, also, like if I got something wrong, or if you disagree with me, like call me on that shit. Cause like, I'm very open to say like, dude, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is to that. Uh, and uh, I will look into that and maybe get back to you. Um, but, uh, I don't know. I'm happy to, to be here and to talk with people and to try and, uh, help people gain some perspective and gain some of my own. Um, thanks to, uh, <clears throat> Michaela and to Grant and to Phil, um, for just always being around and and available and to to just like to talk and to bounce ideas off of um i oh i know what i want to say i think you guys should have phil on your podcast uh and i think it would be a very interesting uh um discussion so I would encourage you guys to maybe reach out to them. Uh, I think 
I mentioned it to Phil and they said that they're open to it. So uh, I think it would be great. So that's my, uh, that's my closing request. <laughs> my okay. closing request. That was the first closing request we've had in 99 episodes. Yeah. Uh, fair enough. Fair enough. Feels a good anyway, guy. I don't need uh, like feels, an answer. I don't need like an answer right now. Nothing, but I'm just putting no, it out we're, there. We're open to, you know, having guests on our show. So definitely. Also, is there anything that people should look out for for you, like that you're working on skating-wise or anything like that? You kind of mentioned you were filming before, but not specifically for anything. Is there something else to look out for for you? I know you just dropped an edit, so it's a lot to ask, but still, just to keep people updated on what's going on in Tim Adams' world. Yeah, I don't have like a super specific plan for this edit, but it's going to come out at the end of the summer, whatever it is. So. Oh, that soon? Yeah. Ooh. So the last one was two seasons because I was just kind of like not that into it, but like I'm feeling really motivated. Um, my friends, uh, well, Nate Hall has been super motivating lately. Uh, Grant is also, he's back in Rochester for the summer. Uh, and so we're all, gonna, and, and Troy is also, he's been on the road, but he's back now, I see. So um, we're going to be hitting the streets and we've already started. So uh, that edit will be out, I don't know, whenever it's out. <laughs> so but I'm, I'm back at it and I don't know other than that I'm just going to be working and welding shit and uh, posting that to my social media like every day so it's about you got it. some clean welds I'm looking <laughs> on your Instagram it's crazy <laughs> clean work thank you yeah, yeah we're, like, uh, right. we have pretty pretty high standards it's <laughs> <laughs> so. good in skating well, and our welding Good, good. That's the it. Trend, the trend continues. The best. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm happy to hear that you're going to come out with an edit that soon too, though. Summer, end of the summer. I can wait for that. Yeah. Uh, depending on like the process of making it, because I don't want to put Mike on the spot, but he's generally the one that does the uh, the post production stuff. He knows that already. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it'll it'll, it'll it. come out eventually. Yeah. Thank you. Can't wait to see that. Well, what are you guys working on? Oh, the flipperoni. Yeah, Me? Bill, I, I enjoyed your BOD. Uh, that oh, was thanks. very impressive. Uh, Thank what's you. Next for, what's next for Billy O'Neill? Well, um, good question. I'm kind of I'm nursing a little knee injury right now, so I'm kind of just skating casually. But oh, shit. I actually yeah. have a pretty fun project that working on this summer. So. Um, yeah, I'm going to be putting out something this summer, but working on it this summer. Yeah. So I, I think I'll be working on something new, but, but slowly I'm going to take more time. I think that was already, yeah. so just skating, skating <laughs> and, and jump street is what I'm working on. And yeah, well, yeah. you guys are doing great at that. So, so thanks. For thanks. That. Thank you. And trying Austin. to get better. Me. Um, not really anything in particular. I was working on something with Butter TV, but I don't know what's going on with that. You'll have to ask him about that. We also have the Hawaii video, too, that was supposed to come out. So keep an eye out for that when me and Billy went to Hawaii a couple months oh, shit, ago. Yeah. So that's also a Butter TV production. So we'll see when that comes out, hopefully sooner than later. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, with like Franco over there, our buddy Franco, and uh, yeah. a couple other locals. And it's, we got some pretty cool stuff, so... We yeah, great. hope that comes out really soon because that's something that we're both a part of, you know? 
yeah i saw bits yeah. and pieces of that trip just on your instagrams but uh mm. yeah looking forward to the uh finished uh edit thanks us too yeah look, i'm looking forward to seeing uh what, what you come out with this summer too should be should be good uh, i feel good about skating right now like you said a lot of fun stuff oh yeah like yeah like i don't like the way you're skating right now too the like uh some of those new clips, like that wall ride to Ali Mono Roll to with the grab that was 360 my favorite clip. out. Just, that was my favorite. Yeah. Fuck yeah. I'm, the yeah, I'm looking, I'm looking so forward sick. to it. And the thing is, yeah. that was one of the easiest tricks that I did in that edit. And it's just like that's the of kind course. of shit I need to yeah. like maximize. because uh, it's like super low risk and high we're rewards. This, <laughs> we're just at this spot and there's that like this curved wall. I'm like, let me just like hit that and see what happens and then yeah. Love that shit. That was really cool. Yeah, that, that was one. my favorite clip in the in the edit. Yeah, that's great. All right, well, Tim, thank you so much. Thanks for taking the time to talk to talk to us. Um, we're going to be posting a lot of the things we spoke about today in the comments below and in the bio. So check it out, um, Tim. The, you can find Tim on Instagram at Tom Abrams. It's right there if you're watching on YouTube. But if you're not, it's Tom underscore Abrams on Instagram. And Tim, once again, it's been a pleasure and hope Thank to meet so up much. soon. Thanks, guys. Thank you Good so to much, Tim. You. Thank you, everybody, All for right, watching care. and listening. We'll catch you on episode 100 next time around. We'll see you then. Peace, everybody. <laughs>